Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. It is the February 3rd, 2018 edition of the TetraCast. And with that, I've got three special guests I'd like to introduce. First off, we've got Adam Vitali. February already. Yes, indeed. Uh, we've also got Adam Reese. Hello. Hello. Uh, and finally, we've got the return of Kyle Campbell. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. It's, it's great to have you back. It's been a hot minute since you were here last. It's always important to have your feedback here, and it's for a very good reason. Mm. Yeah, so um, the past week, it's actually been uh, pretty hectic uh, for us as a site. A lot of uh, important uh, articles have gone up on the site, especially with the release of Monster Hunter World. We finally were able to uh, put out... James's review of that, and also we talked a little bit about that last week. Actually, we spent most of the podcast talking about it, but we also put up a several guides regarding that. Uh, we've got some more information to share with that in the upcoming days here. But the reason that we have you on, Kyle, more than just having you as a, an important voice, as always, uh, is because uh, we just uh, were able to see that you put up your review of Shadow of the Colossus, the remake. Uh, that's mm-hmm. been sort of hyped for a while. Um, this is important because it's got it was built from the ground up by Bluepoint, the people that were behind the original uh, Shadow of the Colossus and Eco remasters. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you, like I said, you put up your review for that. Uh, you've got some more content coming on the way for that as well. But mm-hmm. just share with us some of your experience with that. Of course, you said you were a fan of the original, right? Yeah, so I played Shadow of the Colossus when it came out in PS2 in 2005, and I actually hadn't played Eco at all. So... Mm. I kind of I remember just going in that game just at the time had like a lot of hype um oh, yeah. and I just had it, it it's a game where like the title tells you everything about the game with with all what all yeah uh but also not giving all of it away you know I was a little hesitant when they announced the remake because Ueda's games have like a very distinct feel to them yes. and they have like these moments where they kind of go against like conventional game design logic and i wasn't sure how that would translate when like a totally new team took over and from what i understand uh Uweda never he didn't really have anything to do with uh this remake no. like it was basically all blue point um they did do the remasters like you said so it's not like they are totally new to the game and they're obviously big fans and but when it was announced at sony's e3 presser I was kind of like, mm, that looks really good, but I'm also not sure how I feel about them remaking this game without the original team at all. Um, but I got my hands on the remake, and I've played through it about three times now. Oof, and well, it's, I should probably say that it, like, if you know what to do in Shadow of the Colossus, it's actually like a really short game. Um, yep. Like it's just you just bolt through it. Um, some Colossi battles are like, yeah, I can beat this in like less than two minutes. Um, <laughs> but, but. Uh, when I played it again, it was uh, I, one thing I was really worried about going into this remake, and was the kind of like the tone of the game. Yes, because Sh- Shadow of the Colossus has like a very, it's got this really interesting ebb and flow between. There's really only two states in the game. There's when you're battling the Colossi, and then there's when you're looking for them. And there's it's kind of like they're all kind of like arranged like tracks on an album like I've, I've never played a game that reminds me more of like listening to like a really good album from an artist you like quite like this it's like you know, the first colossus like sets the tone and there's like that moment that everyone remembers where like you're walking up behind it and then when you finally get its attention it like turns around and you kind of get like a sense of how big it is 
um, and how massive it is and like what you're the task ahead of you. And then like the next one, uh, you know, it's a quadruped and it's totally different from the last one. Each, you know, each colossi is like a, a puzzle more than it is a boss fight. That's how I've, that's how I've always looked at it. They oh, feel more like puzzles. Um, <clears throat> and something that in the original game that worked in its favor but I, I think it was actually the result of a technical limitation. But anyone that remembers that game, like or played that version, noticed how like dead the world looked. Like there wasn't really like a lot of foliage, and the 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 Forbidden Lands, as they're called, looked very kind of like they had like the somber feel. So when they announced the remake, and they there were a lot of like light rays, and you could see the sun in the sky. And it, and don't get me wrong, it looks beautiful. It looks outstanding. This is the remake probably. I honestly think it's like the best looking game on the PS4. It's impressive, um, yeah. Like it's it looks saying. it looks stunning, and th- there's kind of like like I was kind of like worried that that new like art style might like affect the feel of the game, and it does a little bit. I still kind of think that thematically the old look worked in the game's favor, but overall, like this remake is like just absolutely like amazing like it if i forgot like how like the level of like the depth they went to to recreate the original game like you would be yeah. you wouldn't be it wouldn't be a stretch to understand why someone might just think that they just redid the models or something and they use like the old engine and the old physics cuz when you play the game it feels identical like it just it feels 100% the same you can even uh if you liked the old controls, I know like that the controls are always a hot button issue with this game. Yeah, the camera. They, the they, cameras, yeah. they always have been. Uh, and you can actually switch to the old control style, but their new updated one, um, I think works a little bit better. They, they have like little features like um, when Wander aims his bow in the old game. Uh, I think it was the, in the old game, the camera wouldn't snap to, get behind him quite the same way now it's like wherever no it's that was it It was when in the old game the camera would just position behind wander when he's aiming his bow and yeah. your camera would adjust to that now it's the opposite now it's like if you are looking in a direction no matter where wander is if you go to like hold out your bow he'll adjust to where you're already looking so there's little tiny fixes like oh, that that make the that's game pretty good that's tough because you always had to like rip yourself around when you try to bring out your bow like all right oh god all well, right now turn around yeah. Going back to something you said a little bit ago about like the visual look, I know some people like to describe like the original game because you know like actually like specifically like the draw distance isn't great and yeah. you know it's it's not super high fidelity or whatever. It kind of feels like you're in a dream or something like that because yep. you know when you're dreaming, you know you don't like not everything in your in your imagination or whatever is so detailed and it's so it, it, as silly as that might sound, it kind of feels like you're like in yeah. a dream and it's kind totally. of like. But so um, obviously it maybe loses some of that like dream like quality when you can like mm-hmm. when like there is such a like an improved draw distance so you can see there... the details and the textures. But one thing I was curious about, and I'm sure you're probably going to get to this, is I know they have like several different like visual filters you can put on and not just for like screenshots, but for actually like playing through the game like in a yeah, certain visual that's style. Great. That's great. Yeah, they're they're that whole. I do. I still do kind of prefer the look of the old game, of um, and I think it's an example of like, um, it's kind of like that old, that thing with like practical effects in movies where sometimes uh, uh, less is more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
like in the sense that like now with you know with movies they can put anything into a movie because a computer you know a, a cgi effect can put in anything but like back in the day like they would use you know camera angles and you know darkness and they would use let things like let your mind fill out the rest um and a lot of like old genre movies that i think shadow of the colossus was kind of like that um anyway like i'm not i'm not going to be one of those fans that like says that like the changes they made are like heresy or something like they, there was like a like some people are freaking out about what Wander's face looks like now, and it just uh, that, uh, it looks they like changed his, supposed to. <laughs> they changed his face a little. His face is like a little more round or something, and people are like, <laughs> "This is sacrilege." Of all the things, yeah. He's been more uh, well fed. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. he, but but the but the reason the thing is like you have to wonder if those decisions back in the day were there creatively or if they were a technical limitation because I'm sure anyone like. Sometimes you might need a reminder, but I went back and watched some footage of the original game, and I'm like, oh my god, I forgot that this game like ran at like 10 frames per second. Yeah, um, it's because obviously it, w- it, it was way too much for the PS2. Yeah. yeah, it was. But so I'm not gonna like. There's there's like this balance you have to wonder with the team with Blue Point, where they like, okay, was this thing in the original game there because they wanted it to be, or was it was it a technical limitation? But yeah. Yeah. Uh, that getting back to what uh, uh, Adam was asking. The those fil- there is a filter that makes there are two filters that make it look more like the original game if you want to apply those and they don't look like really like none of the filters look like really corny well I guess there's like a sep- sepia tone one there's that a looks film grade corny. one that's totally corny yeah. <laughs> but it's great yeah 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 they 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 let you like I think this game has the most impressive photo mode um, in any game I've ever seen I mean part of it's because Shadow of the Colossus like just is such a scenic game in general yeah but um, it just it's I just forgot when playing this game though like the essence despite everything i might have said about the art direction the the essence of the game is there and i think in some ways it's actually better because because you don't have the horrible frame rate uh when i was just playing i was just i was playing on normal ps4 and it was 30 fps the whole time and there was never a hiccup um and it looks way better on ps4 pro um oh like yeah a, i mean yeah. it runs at 60 and it's insane when you play it that way yeah, it makes me wish I could try it that oh, way. Yes. I'm one never, day, one I'm, day you will. <laughs> You'll keep the yeah. <laughs> the uh, but it, it I forgot just like how somber and ethereal yeah. that game feels when you play it. It, it. it is such a tone that like I was kind of wondering like just in general like no matter what this remake turned out like like wonder like is Shadow of the Colossus going to be as effective in 2018 as it was in 2005? And I would say it, it most certainly is. Like it was, it's probably the most fun. I mean, maybe not fun's the right word, but it was. It's the most engaged I've had playing a game uh, in a number of months now. It's it's still a very special game, and I forgot how. It was amazing to me how memorable the old one was because I'm like, I hadn't played. I never played the PS3 remaster. Yeah. So I I haven't played Shadow of the Colossus like since it came out. Um, or pretty close to, good, and I still yeah. I still remembered how to beat like most of the Colossi. That's how memorable, memorable <laughs> all of them were. Like one of my favorites is the third one. I won't. I won't yes. This is an early one. The third one where he has a big club for yes. his right. It's like a big tower for his right hand, and like the solution of beating him. Like this is what I love about this game is because it's so just like you don't think it's a you. There's such a great eureka moment, but I love it. Basically, you're on this big platform and. There's like a raised, like center, circular, like uh, steel pillar or not pillar, steel platform in the middle. Yeah. What this Colossus does is he'll swing down his big, like tower club on 
onto the ground and he'll try to hit you. And like the way you beat the boss is like you have to get him to hit the uh, the steel pad. Like you have to stand on it and roll out of the way, and then like his bracer shatters, and then you get to climb up his his body right to the top. And I'm like I forgot how exhilarating this game is. It's it's such a a wide uh, casts a wide net emotionally, and like every Colossus battle, it's like it's amazing how like each one. Like there's a, some are worse than others. Like I'm not a huge yeah. fan of like the little dorky one that's like oh, afraid of pug. fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. It does look like a pug. Wow, yeah. I never even thought about that. But, <laughs> yeah, it felt like one. Yeah. But then there, like, like there's there's ones like you know everyone's favorite is like the big sand serpent. Oh, I think he's yeah. Colossus fourteen. I think that's Colossus fourteen. Yeah, thirteen to fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but overall, it's just like every single encounter is like it's really distinct from other games in general. And like each one of them could be like the end boss for most games. Yeah. It, um, yeah totally. It's pretty, it's totally, it's just, it's a really special game. And I think it's just as powerful now as it was back, back then. And that, like, like I said, I played through it three times uh, and it's, it's so good still. Yeah. That's, that's the important thing because I mean, for someone like you who uh, enjoys the soul series, the dark souls and demon souls, uh, and Bloodborne, of course, but it's it's important because those are the games that don't hold your hand. Uh, they make it so that you basically have to sort of learn the world yourself and, and learn its rules and figure out what to do. And that's exactly what this is. So in, in this day and age where games are starting to, you know, not hold your hand as much, or at least there's definitely games that certainly do that. Um, it's refreshing still that the fact that there's a game like this, that you basically only have your sword that has the light that shines where you're supposed to go. And that's about mm -hmm. it. But you can still decide to explore the world if you want to without being told every step of the way what you should be doing and, and you know, mm -hmm. being led that way. So it's important. It's also uh, important to point out that, yes, Bluepoint did the um, Shadow of the Colossus, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus HD remasters back on the PS3, but what they had to do, because J Japan is known for this, but they lost the source code, uh, so Bluepoint had to uh, reverse engineer the games to put them on PC and put them back on the console. We talked about this before in a, in a podcast a while back but it's highly impressed that they were able to do something like that and then put it back on there and it could still look great and i do remember what you were talking about uh i think sid also brought it up that people thought that the world looked kind of sterile uh in the in the mm -hmm. recent trailers uh, or i should say when it was first announced and some of the like the last e3 when they showed a new trailer like they showed it was that picture of the birds and on the perch and then all you see is just like there's no like fog or anything like around it you just see it straight back and the draw distance makes it so it feels so fake or plastic or something and and i totally get that it does feel like since uh then they put a lot of those effects back into the game so it feels like maybe they're well, just trying to optimize it until then i feel i feel like the because they don't the draw draw distance in this is um i remember when that remaster came out i remember seeing footage of it the yeah. uh the old draw distance like they didn't improve it so like I remember the big bridge that comes into the Forbidden Lands that you cross at the start, like the opening cutscene. Um, like you could see through the pillars because like the old draw distance from the PS2 days like didn't hold up. Oh, or something. Like the Silent but... Hill remasters, you know about those. <laughs> um, oh no, I mean those are terrible. Oh so, my god, yeah, that's, push that's the fog back to keep the trees, and then you have like just like trees that are like cut up the way in the water. Push the fog back, and you just see the end the of the wor world. <laughs> the worst, not to go too off course, but yeah, the, yeah, one of sorry. the worst like remaster things I've ever seen in a remaster was in the Silent Hill uh, Two port in the HD collection. They they replaced one of the, they replaced like the signs with fucking comic sans text. Oh, <laughs> that's right. They, act, it's, they actually yeah, boat, did whatever. 
it said like Silent Hill Ranch, and they put it in fucking Comic Sans. It looks so terrible. Yeah, um, I mean it's important to point out that the the people that made that, uh, I forget it was as like as a digital hijinks. hijinks, hijinks. Yeah, but they got a pre original release code to make that, and so they were screwed from the very beginning. That was pre yeah, PS2 release code that they had to work with, and it was in a short time frame. At least with Blue I, Point, have, they, I just they remember that. I just remember that trailer where he was introducing the voice actors, and you can see him gulp a little bit before he introduced it, like. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's. I mean, I remember like you know they they brought different voice actors like Troy Baker and that. But anyway, that's that's too much of a tangent. But yeah, uh, it's it's great to see that the Shadow of the Classes remake was given so much uh, care and love into it because you can see from the trailers before the release that when they ta- the developers from Bluepoint were talking about it, I think they even had the original art director from the game working with them. Uh, that they just showed how much care that they put into it, and you know, took some oh, of the yeah. things like even the opening when uh, you're walking through the forest uh, on on the back of Agro, uh, you just see uh, how much more vegetation uh, and brush and and the paths are way more detailed than they ever were, and there's definitely like a lot of detail in, in that regard. Uh, there's no new content, so that's important to point out, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, but it makes you wonder. Uh, I don't know if I remember reaching into that, but it's like I'm, I'm always curious. I think I may have asked this when I was at PSX to one of the developers, but it's like, do you think that maybe there's still like areas to explore, like people have been doing on the PS2 and PS3, like go deep into the world and find like these hidden Easter eggs and things like that? I there think were, have you have you have you ever made your way into like the upper level of the shrine? Yeah. No. I know, I know that was kind of like in the original the game. Thing. That was like, like there is no like actual point. There to is. It. There's the garden up there. There is. Well, there is. But I mean, like, you, it's just there's like nothing there's to no, do. No like, story there. related reason. To, it, it, no. It's just kind of like getting up there itself is the reward. Yeah. Um, and it, it's like you can only do it later in the game once you've had enough lizards or apples or whatever they are. Yeah, um, you need uh, the stamina basically. I know that I can't get up there without enough lizards. <laughs> well, yeah. that's. But like, I, I, that that was. I just remember that kind of being like, you know, kind of one of those things you just do just because you can. Like, you want to yeah. eventually be able to get up there because it, it, it? it's it's really neat. <laughs> The uh, one thing uh, I do, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I'm, I'm kind of, it's kind of remarkable, like gameplay-wise, at how much it feels like the other one, like the physics of it and how you climb a colossus, like it feels identical. Again, my memory is from you know over a decade ago, but it feel, it feels just exactly like the old one, and the way all of the colossi animate, it, it is really like a next level. Um, remake you know this isn't just a remaster at all no and 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 all the physics way better the uh i remember uh one thing that i um there is like little things that make me wonder like was this in the original release like the only thing i know of is like there's like these little collectible coin things that i found like one my entire playthrough and there was one other thing that geez i really i wish i still had a copy of the old one because i don't know if this was here but i remember i found this cave and i know the cave was there before but like in the back of the cave was like this little um, um, barrel that had like was teal and had little butterflies flying around it, oh. which look exactly like the the barrels from the Last Guardian. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm like, was this in the original one? No. I, I, uh, well, maybe I think there might be some. Uh, that's possible. I think I was told that there are some Easter eggs in the game, but I don't know if that's that that was one of them. I think I'm pretty sure that I don't know if that was. It's been so <laughs> long. It, I've never. I don't know if I remember coming across that though. That's the, uh, amazing. That's a, you can I, still find stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, there's the world. It's amazing with that game how 
there's a little there's like nothing in it really like oh. what i mean is like so much of it is just like vapid and like it looks like you're running along a golf course like there's just nothing <laughs> there's just nothing there it's but it somehow is yeah it's it's so interesting like i was just thinking of how many open worlds the game games i play are and like i don't give a fuck about anything in this world um <laughs> do you, do you this... uh do you think that like, a game like this can be made in modern times like uh, like this year if someone made a game not like shadow of the classes but a game of its ilk i think you could still like i know it's a little different like I remember when the Last Guardian came out. Like I, I adore the Last Guardian. Me I too. actually like it. I actually like it more than yeah, Shadow. You, you beat it before I did, so you you obviously had more uh, into it than I was it, at the time. Yeah, it. Um, uh, I don't think it's better than Shadow. I just no. like it more. No. Um, I agree. Uh, but uh, I think it, you have to be in a, a right frame of mind because I feel like with uh, you know Team Eco games that they're very or Fumito Ueda games, whatever you want to say. I feel like these games are you you have to be in a certain mood for them. Like I remember there's a I mentioned that they'll go against things with dimensional or with dimensional conventional <laughs> game game design decisions and like an example would be there's a there's a point in the in the last guardian when like the they're like these the enemies that they shine like the the shields at at Trico and he doesn't like it. Yeah. Uh, and up until one point in the game you're kind of taught like okay if if these shields are shined on trico he won't come near them at all but there's like a point where like you get captured by these these guardians and they're shining or these it gets confusing when you call them guardians these enemies and they're shining the shields at trico and he like they start taking you away like the player character and uh Trico like gets all like concerned for you, so he jumps and like crashes against like the people with shields. Don't worry too much more to... though, because this this is like one of the big moments though. But yeah, I totally get what I you're know. saying. <laughs> but basically, what I'm saying is like it, it, on paper, quote unquote, that's not good game design because like you violated like one of the rules. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but it, but it's a it's better for the game's like narrative and like what they're trying to say with it. Like Shadow Class is obviously a lot like that. Yeah, so I did. Yeah, it's, I think it's an, an amazing remake, and uh, I really, uh, more than anything, I envy the people that are going to play it for the first time. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it's such it's definitely my favorite game of all time, just because of all the amazing things you just described. Uh, for, I, yeah. I, I want to say two things. Sure. First of all, Zach is not lying when he says it's his favorite game of all time. He's not just saying he's not just saying it because it's in vogue right now. He's been pretty consistent with that. Yeah, it's one of um, the consistent things I've done. Yeah. That's, that's saying something. He's, he's always said that. So he's not just saying it because it's coming out, um, mm, thank you for the that. remake. But one thing I think we should mention, we've kind of t- touched on it, but like we are RPG site and we covered this game mm-hmm. and it's not an RPG, not no, really. Not but that's the, that's the thing about Shadow of the Colossus is it's not really like any other game it's it's i guess I like if you had to give it a label you know if you had to condense the whole game down to one or two words it, it's like action adventure yeah yeah uh, but like being that it's only you know a set of boss fights but they're really more like puzzle fights and mm-hmm. it's you know it's, it's so it's just it's, it's a blur thing it's just something totally unique it's a puzzle game yeah it's hard to say in a way no it is totally it's uh it's hard to Say like if you're into RPGs, I can't really think of a way to say that like it's this game is like a Pokemon RPG. Puzzle League. No, it's uh, <laughs> right. I can't really think of a way to kind of recommend it to people that like RPGs. But I think if you're if you're if you're at the point where you're reading a site called RPG Site, if you're at that point in your gaming career, 
I think you owe it to yourself to at least try like this game that like you know many people consider many developers many big studios many just anyone that's played it like one of the greatest games ever made i still think it's one of the best games ever yeah and, and it's been it, used in a lot of other games too and it, i mean not everybody likes the game it seems like the people who like are that aren't fans of it are usually um it's they like, get hung the, up on the bugs and they're they're not, not the controls you know? we mentioned yeah. before yeah. like the controls yeah, yeah, yeah. especially in the original version like that that's the one thing that people get hung up on. Yeah, that's that's no doubt. I mean, they fix yeah. they fix those like the modern control yeah. scheme are really good. It's, um, I played it like the way like you're talking about, it, and it's it, def- it definitely feels a lot smoother to control. But you know, it, it's definitely a highly influential title that uh, means a lot to a lot of people, and it's great to see that it was given the love and care that it needed. It makes you wonder if they're going to do the same with Eco at some point. It kind um, of, I you know, like I kind of think of it. it you know, this is like the closest thing. It almost kind of feels like a Zelda game in some ways, um, which obviously, you know, you're on a horse, you have a bow and arrow, you're fighting, you're a young man with a sword, so it's not hard to draw that parallel. But I remember some one thing I really love about Shadow of the Colossus, just like, again, not to go, God, it's hard to not gush about this game, but something I, something <laughs> I, re- something I really love is um, I feel like so often in games when you get on a horse, a horse is basically like a car. In the of sense course. that that like you just when you get on the horse like you're now controlling the horse in the sense that like it turns with you and it does exactly what you want to do because you are suddenly controlling the horse. But in Shadow of the Colossus, you uh, you are wander riding aggro. Like I know, aggro... I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like he never like there's little things where like I remember like he can be frustrating because like you'll be trying to get on top of a Colossus and then. Like the horse won't come because he's like scared because like oh, that's yeah. what a horse would do if there was a giant fucking monster flying around. Um, but like the way he turns and the way he moves, he, it feels like you're actually like what riding a horse actually feels like. You know what I mean? I, I love little things like that. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to play this game. It's it's been a bit, but like just the fact that like the moments in that game, uh, knowing that the characters are done better, it makes me kind of anxious <laughs> to play that game now. So. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's out uh, in a few days, which is crazy to think about, considering it was announced like two years ago. Now it's uh, it's coming up this week. Uh, but like we mentioned, you can read Kyle's review of Shadow of the Colossus remake up on RPG site. Uh, like was mentioned before, we even if we're called RPG site, we definitely like to share games that we feel like RPG fans would still like to play, or would appreciate, or would uh, be interested in playing. So this is definitely one of those games that we would highly recommend just because of how great it is. And definitely, you know, it has many of the elements that are like maybe the mechanics in an RPG, but a lot of games nowadays, I can tell are a lot of it is like influenced by Shadow of the Colossus. You can tell from a lot of the boss fights how they tend to be puzzles themselves. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to be fascinating to see what Fumito Ueda has in store because he teased his new project at the start of the year. We talked about that last week, but uh, yeah, he's apparently going to be showing something soon, so maybe he'll be the one to sort of define what uh, if that is still possible in this day and age. Last Guardian is a game from like a decade ago, so maybe it's still possible uh, in 2018, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, so next up, um, since uh, say uh, Adam Vitale is going to bow for a second here, uh, Adam Reese, so of course you started up a new Let's Play for this uh, for our YouTube channel with Radiata Stories. People don't know, uh, it's from the same team 
key team that also went on to make Radiant Historia. That's why it sounds so familiar. But you're getting, getting back into that for us. Uh, actually, I should say for yourself. It sounds like you were wanting to play it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was it was more of a case like I feel like I've been talking about how like every time it comes up on the uh, anniversaries, the birthdays, I always talk about how great it was. And I felt like, you know, not a lot of people talk about that game. And it felt like more people should know about what it is because, you know, it's one of those hidden um, games where, like, it's by Tri-Ace. The people did Star Ocean. And yeah, there's a lot of the same sound effects. A lot, and even some cameos. Like, you can get, like, an outfit in that game that's pretty much your Fate Line God's armor from Star Ocean 3. You can just have that look. But um, you can... There's, like... I felt like that... I've talked about it so often and nobody knows what I'm talking about that I felt like it's about time that I like share it to people that weren't familiar with it. Cause it's like that game pretty much came and went. Uh, yeah. It's just one of those like hidden gems from the PlayStation two era that nobody really talks about anymore. And um, yeah, I've just, I've uh, started a let's play. Um, I posted a 22 minute or so, uh, video up on the site. I just want to give a little taste of the uh, with all the program prologue stuff out of the way and uh, move on. Um, I've recorded a few hours of it so far. I felt like uh, I should go ahead and try to get as far as I can before posting each video and just like so people can get a, a more consistent schedule out of that. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm getting pretty far in it. Um, I um, right now I'm going to go through the human. Well, I mean, there was a, it's just a huge branching path, uh, branching uh, storyline. Uh, and I'm going to first go through like one side of the story. I won't talk about too much. I mean, saying human kind of spoils it. But um, I'm going to go through it one way. And if there's enough demand for it, I'll go through the other path in a new game plus. But for the time being, like um, if there's enough demand for it. But uh, yeah. I figured like people should get to know this game that I've hyped up every time I hear about it, and uh, I think that uh, it's a little slow at the start. Some people might not get why I'm so hooked on that game from that uh, teaser I put out, but uh, I think they'll fall in love with the characters and all the gameplay elements and all that stuff, just like I did as uh, as the game continues. So, Radiata Stories is like. One of those games, me personally, I don't know if everyone agrees with me, but like, I think the story is pretty bad, or at least it's just kind of typical, I feel. And I think the yeah. gameplay is honestly kind of crappy, kind of cruddy. It's <laughs> yeah. it's it's a Triace game. It's, Tri-Ace yeah, it's, it's just, it's just real time combat. Well, Triace has done a bunch of like party based action, real time type gameplay with you know Star Ocean or whatever. Um, but like, I feel like this is more basic maybe intentionally but it's just kind of yeah. a really it's kind it's, of plain. it seems more like a younger audience kind of thing yeah yeah and it's um like so i don't think the story is very good and i think the gameplay is kind of cruddy but yet there's something about the game that's just so endearing yeah, it's um, the characters really um partially kind of but and all the it's just all the elements tight i think it's more like a uh it's more than the sum of its parts kind of deal but the thing that's most interesting about it to me, and uh, I, you might have touched on this, um, is yeah. it's I, – I hate to make this comparison, but it is kind of like this. It's got this Majora's Mask type element where there's a daily cycle. And yeah. basically um, 
so when you know it does it's not like real time but uh as the day progresses i mean it's like sped up and faster than yeah yeah yeah. real life but um as the day progresses every single character in the game first of all no two npcs look the same every npc is unique and every npc has a name um and every character in the game in the city which what's the city called again is it radiata or it's probably called radio i I can't remember it's the main city that you're in like they have this schedule and like there's nothing in the game that like tells you what each character is doing when you just kind of have to like you know like you might when you're playing the game you might even just decide you know what today i'm going to follow this character around and see what they're doing today and like every character has a schedule and if you're if you go to like certain places at certain times, certain events happen and you can recruit eventually, ultimately you can recruit like every single character. I don't if I remember it's like 174, I think yeah. characters like not that's every combining character. both like both uh, branching paths. Cause uh, once you go on that branching yeah. path, there's characters you can't recruit. It's like kind of kind of chrono crossy kind of thing. Yeah. Some characters you can only get if you pick one of the paths, the uh, one of the paths, there's only two main paths. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just like it's 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 kind of addicting in a way where it's like it's almost it's almost got like that Pokemon got collect them all type of mentality only yeah. just recruiting NPCs. And it's kind of this type of thing where like these different NPCs have like different relationships with other NPCs. And like you learn about these characters and how they're like related to each other and, you know, their personal stories in between certain characters and like learning all of this as you play the game and it kind of gives you like clues on like what if i have this character with me if i go visit this character at this time um obviously now the game's old enough you can like get a guide for all this sort of stuff but um it's like kind of like got that experimental type of you know like design to it where you just that it's something that not very many games do and it's just it's yeah, you combined, don't, combined with like the art style and the tone of the game and all that, even if the combat is kind of cruddy or whatever, it's just like endearing is like yeah, I the dialogue probably the best word for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the love of the dialogue. It has a lot of comedy in it, but also some serious moments. But the the way that they kind of animate the characters and uh, how like you'll fall in love with certain characters, you might not care for certain others, but sometimes they're designed that way. And um, yeah, it just it's it's. Like the um, it's another uh, facet of Majora's Mask that goes into the game that it seems to be is like you know how masks and Majora's Mask was like that, but in this game, like each piece of armor that you get, not only changes the appearance of your character. Like I haven't gotten to that point in the game yet because uh, I've only gotten that twenty-two minute teaser. It hasn't. He's still a trainee. Uh, Jack. Yeah, Russell's you're not even in the trainee. city yet. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, and yeah, it's called Radiata City. I looked it up, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, pretty simple. But um, yeah, it's every piece of armor, like just there's like accessories and stuff, but the armor you get, each of them changes the appearance of your character. So you can end up like looking vastly different in each piece of armor. Like one's like a dark armor, like dark. That's always, that's always pretty. That's, that can be pretty cool when you have like equipment that reflects on your character. But then sometimes yeah. you get like problems like you did with the first Xenoblade or like yeah. this armor is really good, but it looks so dumb. <laughs> now you have swim- purple swimming trunks. Like yeah. what? how am I going to go around in this? In this case, it's like a full body suit kind of thing. It's not like pieces of armor going over. It's like all like you don't have to worry about like making a fashion statement or something. Uh, but yeah, each uh, piece of armor, like each armor, uh, does something different. So like um, in certain instances, you want to wear this or that. Uh, but yeah, it's like 
and that was one of my favorite parts of that game was just like gathering like collecting all this stuff and like you know you get this like cool uh dark knight armor you get this like kind of um this this leather outfit or this metal a steel like plate armor kind of thing it's um just that kind of personality shines through the game even if the story and the gameplay aren't that great and uh the story was kind of like i don't even remember most of what went on in that game but it was just like i just remember having so much fun with both the characters that i got to meet and the comedy and the uh just all that weird um things they threw in there that i think that uh this deserved to be shown to a wider audience and i think that i feel i felt that uh i should have that series be like with i'm doing it without commentary because I feel that uh, a lot, a big complaint people have is that they watch a video, they want to just hear the uh, the music and the dialogue and the cutscenes and all that without like hearing somebody say like, "Hi, welcome to my Let's no. Play of Radiata Stories." I mean, and, well, that's what I do. <laughs> I, I, I I mean, yeah. I, I often I'm, like sometimes I'll actually post like I haven't really done like a long play like that, but you know, yeah, yeah. like I I know like if there's a game I'm interested in. Like what I want to see, like if it's a game, I'm not really, it maybe not a big profile game or whatever. I just like, I just want to see some gameplay until yeah, I feel yeah. like YouTube just title gameplay or whatever. And you know, like it's, like it's it's better if it's not some guy like, hi everybody, welcome to my let's play. That's how I talk. <laughs> uh, why are you making fun of me? That's how I talk. Yeah. Hey. What's up, yeah. boys? Like, look at the up? video. Hey. <laughs> Don't, I'm going like to scream into the microphone. Here's my dog. He's I mean, obviously some are better than right. others. Okay. And, there, and yes, not, not, there are let's players I have I have watched that are like yeah. I, that are that are entertaining. But sometimes you get those obnoxious ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So anyway, so I totally understand names, just doing. But, a, Zach. I don't. I don't read the dialogue at least. Yeah, 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 that's, Boy, that's at least really you don't uh, like do voices and read the dialogue yeah. and like oh act. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. stand that shit. I don't know what you mean. Like let's let's replay this the like the plot of the game through acting. But yeah, yeah. I thought it would be a hypocritical move of mine because I always look for long plays without commentary, and I figured if I did a let's play with my voice, I felt like I'd be like doing a disservice to what i look for out of a let's play or a long play it's just i just want the game by itself the audio and all yeah. that and yeah i'm just uh enjoying the game and uh, i feel that uh all that uh talk about like the dialogue and all that i just I, if i talked over it i felt like it would miss some of the color of the game that um the dialogue and the beats and the comedy and all that i know i keep saying comedy but you'll see what the further we go on the funnier it gets but um i feel like that if I just uh, shut up and let everything play, like, you know, some of the music is pretty good and uh, the voice acting isn't so bad. I mean, there. I was it, actually surprised when I was watching some of it, like, hey, this voice acting, you know, some PS2 games really just do not have good voice acting. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, they don't even uh, try. No. But this is like, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, know? like, uh, it's like, it's, it's like, you don't expect like keen, like, you know, there's no like Troy Baker or whatever in there. There's some uh, voice actors you might know in the game, but for the most part, it's like people you don't hear often enough in video games and they're not bad. So it's like, it's not taking any way, thing away from the game. I think it kind of matches that the fact yeah. that the game is kind of just like lighthearted and, you know, kind of like a cartoon. Yeah. Know? Like, especially Gantz, so, like Gantz is like, Gantz you is don't silly. expect that kind of voice <laughs> coming out of that. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, I feel like, uh, doing it the way i'm doing it and presenting the game it is i'll 
I'll have to edit out some of the waiting around because there's uh, because uh, like you said there was a day night cycle a lot of the things that happen like it takes hours of waiting around and I'll just edit that out of the final video yeah no worries but like just so you know if you ever do play this game on your own there is a lot of waiting around for stuff to happen but at the same time there's plenty to do while you're waiting around I mean kind of so, like like kind of like Majora's Mask sometimes it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. I want to do this event at this time and you know you just kind of have to wait for it <laughs> yes yeah. especially like uh the the area that it comes after the video that i posted uh is called earth valley and there's like you have to wait like you can, if you go to sleep in this game the story continues like you can't like you can save but you can't sleep or the story com- uh continues and you can't like you miss some miss out on a lot of stuff if you just go straight to sleep so uh it's kind of like a checkpoint system that way but yeah, like yeah, there are some, to... there are some, there are some uh, intricacies like that that are kind of probably not ideal, but yeah, 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 I get that because like you want to like uh, you want to like move along faster, but you can't go to sleep, and you just want to recover your health, but the only thing you can do with that is by going like into a healing circle or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I hope that people enjoy the game and see what I see in it, and um, if you guys. If you ever see any videos and you have any comments or suggestions in the comments, don't, and or if you want to see that other branching path, don't hesitate to say anything in there. And uh, I hope you all enjoy. And like, comment, subscribe. All right. Yep. So, yeah. If you like it, comment and subscribe. <laughs> Please do. Uh, yeah. So obviously, like like Adam said, uh, we'll be posting videos on, on a set schedule in the upcoming days. But right now, it's more just getting all the content together in the first yeah. place. So we and can, uh, if we can... if there's any other games you want to see outside of uh, Radiata Stories in the future, let us know. Yeah. It's actually a good point to ask. Like, like I'll be starting my own stuff pretty soon here <laughs> myself. Uh, yeah. Still haven't decided what it's going to be. You better uh, not talk over it. I will be. <laughs> that's that's just my plan. Uh, but it's it's just how I do videos. But yeah, yeah it's uh, I'll I'll be doing my own stuff. But I'll talk about that later. I don't want to steal your thunder. So yeah, uh, yeah. for Adam Vitali, uh Now you've been playing the Radiant Histo- uh, Excuse me, Radiant Historia: Perfect Chronology, which is the upcoming um, remaster for the 3DS of Radiant Historia. Yes, the 3DS is still getting games. Uh, but it's important because. Um, this is a game that you and I both have a lot of fondness for, and I'm glad you were able to uh, get the game ahead of time so that you can really check it out and give it its proper due. Uh, I reviewed the game originally, so that's that's my experience with it. But of course, now you get a chance. To, I, I know you played it too, but uh, you got you're playing this remaster uh, that had a new chapter at the end of the story. We can't talk about most of the game. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. Yes. So I the review goes up next week, and I am under embargo. I, I the preview embargo is up, so I can like say that I am playing it and talk about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But I'll, I'll I'll leave more of the discussion for next week. Um, it comes out not next week, but the week after on the thirteenth. But the review um, is up, yeah. Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting that we were just talking about Radiata stories because Radiant Historia, it honestly isn't anything like Radiata stories besides a slight semi-similar title maybe. Um, but actually, it's kind of interesting that um, Atlas, so Radi- Radiant Historia is an Atlas game, um, and some people forget that because it's like it's not Persona or SMT or Trauma Center or one of their, you know, or Etrian or one of their brands. Um, but it actually has one of the directors that worked on Radiata Stories and one of the artists, they they kind of like poached them from Triace, and then this was their <laughs> next game. Um, so like... 
it's it's like a totally different type of game and obviously not just mechanically but for going from a console game to a handheld game and whatnot but it's it, there is that weird kind of connection there um in fact, before I played Radiant Historia, I thought there was actually a stronger connection than there was, but it, 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 it is the same director and uh, artist. Um, but anyways, so it's a remaster. So it's not a remake, and it's not like a sequel or anything like that. It's largely the same game yeah. that, you, that you played on DS. One thing that's kind of interesting is the original game came back, came, or released back in 2011 on DS, and this is back when Atlas was uh, owned by Index, um, and they they struggled getting games into Europe. So this game was Radiant Historia was never actually released in Europe originally. Um, it, you know, it's kind of funny these days. It seems like anything that's released in the United States is released in Europe at least eventually. But a couple of years ago, I mean, 2011 wasn't that long ago. Oh man, she yeah. got me Tensei Four. So yeah, that, that took like. 18 really months. Inter- uh, Radio Other Stories wasn't released in Europe either. I found right, out at all. Right. Yeah. It's weird. Like, mm-hmm. I found out that from CD. He was like, oh, that's why I haven't heard of it because it wasn't released here. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He gosh. saw you playing it. He's like, what is this? <laughs> uh, but yeah. So obviously now this version will be released in Europe. Um, the DS Lite was region free. So it wasn't like a huge hassle to play it, just import it, and you can play it. But, uh, anyways, um, just briefly here, I'll talk more about it next week. The main, like, difference in this game. So in the original game, your main character, Stock, he basically, it's a time travel story. It's kind of like, people call it Atlas's Chrono Trigger. It's pretty different from Chrono Trigger, but it involves time travel. Um, You basically bounce between two different timelines, um, and you basically solve this game's conflict and follow the story by going through like these two different alternate universes, in a sense. Like, same characters, same locations, but different events happening. Now, what this game adds is a third... When it was first revealed, they called it like a third timeline, but it's not really a timeline. What it is is they added a new character, Nemesia, and at certain points throughout the game, she'll open up basically what what this game calls possible histories, and they're kind of like these individual little scenarios um, that basically just take a familiar situation, they change it up a little bit, and you you do some you know event there, and I probably shouldn't talk more about it. At this point, but it's 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 kind of just it, it's so it's it's not so like weird that we're not we can't talk about more of the game. The game came out just geez. yeah yeah yeah. Localizations are always weird like that because yeah, like yeah, right. you can buy and play a version of this game, but I am under embargo, so I, I should probably adhere to it. Uh, but there, basically, you do these little like they're like separated scenarios that have nothing to do with the main plot really um, th- that you can do throughout the game. And you can, there's two different modes you can play it in. They call you, they call it one of the modes is perfect mode where it basically just pops up periodically throughout the story where you can do more and more of these little scenarios. And then there's also, and that's how I'm playing it. But then there's also this append mode where I guess the idea for that is that you play the game and it's basically just plays just like the original game in terms of, you know, the story stuff. Um, and then the new stuff is kind of like all played at the end or something like that. Like it's just kind of appended uh, after the credits or whatever. So I don't know exactly how that works, but um, I'm not doing that mode. So um, I think I'll probably just leave it at that for now. Yeah. And uh, Radio- Radiant Historia... It- I had always considered it um, one of the best original DS games. Like the DS got a lot of like ports, um, but in terms of like games that are like original and that you can only find on DS or used to be able to only find on DS, Radiant Historia is one worth checking out. So um, the fact that it's getting a remaster is pretty neat. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it was a wonderful surprise uh, that made me really happy. The fact that it was announced because it's one of those games that, like, in the soundtrack by Yoko Shimomura is just incredible. And so mm-hmm. having that along with a really fun combat system in there is just it, it makes it so much uh, so much a, a fantastic experience, especially with the unique storytelling and, and the way the mechanics worked about the time travel stuff. So I'm I'm really interested to see. Uh, what your thoughts are on the final product. But like you said, we'll be able to talk way more in depth about it next week. And I'm looking forward yeah. to that conversation. Now, last thing, just because you prompted it. <laughs> um, sure. Atlas is no stranger to re like to, to redos of their games. They like literally redo like every single game they made. Oh, um, Tensei, yeah. But, yeah. Like persona Four golden persona three got three different versions. Uh, SMT. Well, I guess SMT. I forgot. I forgot like there was, SM- there was three versions of persona three. That's definitely well, the, not going to happen with Persona 5, by oh, the way. I, definitely not. I mean, there's, there's Persona 3, Persona 3 <laughs> Portable, and Persona right. 3 FES. No, that's right. Um, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. Um, Persona 1 and 2 got PSP ports. The Devil Survivor games went from DS to 3DS. Strange Journey is doing the same thing. Redux, but this yeah. is actually kind of interesting, though. Like, Radiant Historia, like I said, it's not one of their, like, brands. Um, and it's not even, like, Catherine, which Catherine is, like, not related to any other... Any other uh, um, Atlas series, but it's got the same artist as Persona, and it kind of looks like a Persona game. Yeah. Uh, but Radiant Historia doesn't really look like any other Atlas game, so it's just—it's almost just kind of the the fact that it's getting a remaster at all. Like it just, hey, this is still a property that they're at least giving that is at least on their mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it wasn't—it wasn't, just, it wasn't totally just a one-off. Like I don't think like. I would be totally satisfied if Radiant Historia didn't get a sequel or anything. It's kind of oh, neat that it's. Or at least some I mean, if there was a sequel, yeah, I'd yeah. be interested. But sure. it's you know I don't think every single series has to be a series. No, it's, um, it's true. So the fact that it well, is still a day, huh? Well, the fact that it is just kind of a standalone thing is neat, and it and it, and it higher and it has like a different art style than any other Atlas game and things like that. And yeah. so, but it's just kind of neat that they are giving it a little bit of attention. Even if it's just a remaster. Yeah, absolutely. A whole new audience gets to experience it, just like Valkyrie Chronicles. And that turned into something greater. Uh, not saying that's what's going to happen here, but it's always great to see that. And uh, like, I can't understand anyone who complains about that stuff because it's so amazing that they're able to do that for everyone. Hopefully it'll come on PC, right? No, I don't and it, it's just... And, it's, it, 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 and it also kind of... like I have... This is totally speculation and maybe uh, just being wishful, but like Atlas is working on that project Refantasy, yes, um, which is probably several years away because um, they only just started recruiting for that like a year ago or whatever. Yeah, we, we like or after that, Persona yeah. Five or whatever it was. Um, but uh, like that game is interesting just because it is something new. You know, it's not SMT spinoff. <laughs> it's not Persona spinoff. You know, so that's. It kind of makes me think maybe this could be, quote, the next Radiant Historia, even if it's totally different from Radiant Historia. And that's yeah. kind of the point. It feels <laughs> like we're back in the like the PS2 DS era pretty much where it's like they're way more willing to take risks on these games and put out new properties and things like that. I mentioned like <laughs> Stella DS, for example. That's another uh, Atlas game that had some of the uh, uh, some of the main staff from like the Persona Chimigami Tensei games working on that. So it would be fascinating to see that uh, them to continue making those uh, big moves like they did with that. Because man, Radiant Historia, such a great game. Um, for me, anyway, as far as what I was playing, um, not a whole lot that I can talk about. I've been working on a pretty big project for the site that I'll be able to share 
little over a week from now. Uh, I won't really speak more of that, uh, but I'm really excited about it. Um, working closely with Chelsea, uh, who also works for the site. People who don't know her. Uh, both excited about that. Um, otherwise, I've been playing this game called Decidia Fauna Fantasy Opera Omnia. Uh, which is a new, brand new mobile game that was just released the other day. Uh, it's something that was already out in Japan and teased over there, but then like a month ago, um, maybe less than that, they said it would be coming sometime this winter, which just meant like a week from now, a month from now. It was hard to tell. Uh, but yeah, it showed up. Uh, it's, on, it's still on version 1.0. That gives you an idea. Uh, and it's been fascinating. Uh, I never played the City of Final Fantasy games. None of the games on the PSP, of course. The two of them uh, do just some in the original and uh, of course i did not buy nt which from everything i've heard it's probably for the best uh, just based on you know josh's opinion uh josh actually put up a uh, uh we were just talking about this before but um uh adam vitali and adam reese and josh torres you all three uh is that was it just you three or anybody else it was brian, no, brian it was brian and josh brian and josh I'm sorry. neither adam participated in their little the, no, I, I did. The game. Adam, oh, you Adam did? Adam Reese did, yeah. So sorry, yeah. Okay. So it was Brian, Brian oh, Mitchell, Adam Reese, and Josh <laughs> Torres. They all put up a video up on our YouTube channel uh, covering some of the game, um, so people could check that out. But it's kind of cool. I actually, By the I, way, I uh, it. what? I'm sorry. I was going to ask, like, uh, did you find out what those bells do? Because we didn't in the video. <laughs> the bells? What are you talking about? Yeah, the, the those bells you get and the UI. It's like you, you get a recharge five every day. Or at least at my point in my plane, it was five every day. I don't know what those bells do, and he didn't, and uh, Josh didn't seem to either. Uh, I mean, I imagine maybe it's going to be in the game guide when I finally get to that point. Uh, yeah. I don't see anything right now about that. I actually got the game up here just so I can remember some of the stuff about it, but I'm not sure. But let me talk about the game though. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a turn based RPG, uh, which is already kind of cool because it's got the same thing as the city in the in that. It's bringing in all these different characters, all the important characters from the Final Fantasy series into this one single game. It does the same as things before. It's like, we need to recruit all these heroes to help us fight this evil uh, source. It's it's kind of vague about that. Um, but I, I find it kind of cool because the writing is very charming. Uh, the way the characters interact, like... Uh, everyone's together, then Yuffie shows up, just steals all their shit, and they just chase after her for a while. Uh, so I, I as expected. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yuffie is one of my favorite characters. Um, but uh, it's like she's a ninja, of course. Um, but it's it's pretty cool in, in the way the mechanics work because um, you travel around a big world map, uh, recruiting characters and all. Uh, from uh, I think you get up to like twenty five. I think is right now. They could probably add more later. Uh, as far as I know, I. I I don't remember if Noctis is in this, so I don't know how like a far in it is. But I've got he's like, not. I've got Ida. So I think like, he's in the Japanese version. Yeah, Maybe. I think they added him. Uh, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. there's some there's some characters like to. you know they have that. Uh, who was it? who was the character? I've, I've seen some of the Japanese characters that were in that game, but yeah, just a bunch of them like they didn't make over. Yeah, yeah, it, they look they look all right. Like the models are okay. It's it's definitely. Chibi, chibified uh, characters, but you know, yeah, they got like you know, Type Zero as well. So they got spinoff characters as well. I hope Rams is in this. I don't remember if he is. But the the combat is pretty neat because the way it works, once you actually get into the the combat itself, it works in waves, kind of like your typical uh, mobage uh, that you uh, fight waves of enemies. Uh, depending on the quest, you sometimes face bosses as well. And the way that you fight is that you've got two options between uh, a bravery bravery attack or uh, an HP attack. So everyone, every character, and every enemy has an H a health gauge, uh, health bar, and also a bravery bar. 
Which, if you if you played any of the City of Game, this should sound familiar. Yeah, this is a City of Game. Exactly, right. it is. It is part of the series, pretty much. Like I have not, so uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this stuff. But it seems like the bravery bar is basically like your guard gauge. Like it's how much uh, de- like your your. It's how much bravery is basically like how much damage you do, and also like how do I put this? The higher bravery you have, you do more damage and take less damage. Exactly, it's kind of like. It reminds me a little bit of Blitzball in the way that you had that guard meter that... <laughs> okay, uh, but I just don't want to talk about Blitzball. Um, yeah, but yeah. it's, it's it, yeah, it's it's kind of cool because, yeah, you all the time you're building up your um, your bravery gauge by attacking the enemy using bravery attacks. And once you max it out or get to whatever point you feel is necessary, you attack with an HP attack that deals as the same amount of damage. And um, I found that, though, uh, for the most part, I've pretty much set the game to auto because it feels like they know way more about what to do than I do. So it's kind of fascinating. I do like the the chain attacks, which it's everyone's just flying all over the map, kind of like in the original Dissidia from the footage I've seen, uh, chaining attacks together and uh, attacking one by one until they match the enemy against like a, an invisible wall and they just crumble to the floor. And you don't waste a turn doing that. So it's more just this uh, spectacle of it all. And everyone's got, like, you know, limit breaks. They all got their special weapons that you can get. So, yeah, you, um, you're you able to uh, uh, use your crystals, which, you know, it's just it's that kind of game, of course. Uh, you draw characters al- along with uh, weapons. Uh, you decide what to do. Uh, it's it's all gear-based, though, I should, I should point out. So it's not like... Um, uh, it's it's kind of like Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Uh, people who like I mean, that game, like uh, I mean, basically, you're not drawing for characters; you're drawing for equipment. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's basically what I'm I'm saying is that because uh, mm. throughout the story, you'll get the characters anyway. There's no like one to five star character. It's all they're all the same. Uh, it's all based on your equipment. So uh, you'll be able to like like the Organix or for Cloud or the um the Choco Blade <laughs> for uh Bart. Was it Bards or Butts? I don't know. <laughs> just butts. Let's call them Butts. Of course. That's Final Fantasy V. It's like, how do we want to call them the English or the Japanese name? So, yeah, it's pretty fascinating. And, and those weapons tend to do, like, you know, your limit break does more damage uh, than it normally would. Uh, and all the while, you'll be able to, when you defeat enemies, you can sometimes get crystals that you use to enhance the stats of the characters themselves. So there's some very deep RPG mechanics in there. And because it's the first week, uh, you can get a lot of free stuff uh, to, you know, set yourself up pretty right. Um, and like I said, it, it's just been a lot of fun. You know, it's it's definitely the game that you can just sit to auto and just sit back and watch it. Uh, but I think that it's got some interesting writing, and and the, like I said, the combat's kind of cool, and the way the characters act kind of resemble what they were originally. But there's also the voice acting, and like I like I said, I've barely paid attention to NT, but just hearing like Vivi's voice <laughs> and all, it's it's been kind of interesting. I don't know how I feel about it. Is sometimes. it English or Japanese? Japanese. It's all Japanese. Yeah, voices, usually like, the mobile games are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't want to put that much effort into it, of course. But uh, I like it. Uh, it reminds me like I, I kind of like to, you know that. Uh, Mobius Final Fantasy game that came out uh, a, last year or two. I know they're adding Sephiroth to that game, so I might go back to that just to check it out. But um, it's it's been kind of neat so far, and it's, it's it's charm in its way. So I would say you know people want to check it out. Yeah, and and uh, as far as other games coming out, like uh, I, don't, I don't have anything else working on right now. So for for the time being, it's probably just you know catching up on anime before the next game comes out. So yeah, let's get into the news topics of the week. Now the first thing we've got here is the fact that uh, we were we've been talking about this for the past couple of weeks, actually for months now, honestly, but because it was delayed, 
Ease 8 finally got its relocalization update. Uh, that came out on January 30th, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Next For PS4 right. and P- Vita, because they delayed the PC version, which we already talked about. Yeah, to uh, to be determined uh, is the date so far. <laughs> and I know, uh, Adam Vitelli, you, of course, are going to be waiting for the PC release before you actually get to try the game. Uh uh, James I mean, has been trying base. it, and uh, Josh uh, been hearing about it, but I, I don't know if you played it so far. But yeah, you're, you're no, going to go I mean, this basically, as well, but... I have plenty of games to play, so yes. like the delay is kind of disappointing. And we've already talked ad nauseum about this whole thing, but like, you know what? I've waited long enough. I have plenty of other stuff to do in the meantime. Just get it fixed, get the PC version out, and then I'll eventually, eventually, sometime take a look at it. Yeah, so, yeah. but it, but it feels like uh, just to, we're not going to spend too much time on this because yeah, we've been talking about it a bit. But from what we've heard, it feels like that this isn't much of a relocalization. It feels like it's more like an editing pass on the original uh based on what the rumors are coming out like the people who've been participating in the um the beta and getting updates about it it's been very minimal it sounds like they changed some names but they forgot to change the names of like descriptions as well like the name that when their name appears in a description so it's getting a, lot, a little messy still and so it sounds like they're going to need to do it again uh but we'll see if the, there's enough out uh, like um uh you know if people backlash care. is what yeah. I was going to say. Backlash against it because we've still got to wait till the Nintendo Switch release this summer and the PC mm-hmm. release, as you said. Who knows if they're going to do anything to it, but it sounds like it's not that big a deal, which, you know, I said last week that's kind of a make or break a little in some ways, and I don't know how Falcon feels. Or it's how kind of it's kind of amazing, this whole saga. This I mean, movie, it oh, is, right? It's it kind of amazing. I mean, in a sense, this has, like, never happened before. So that's no, why it's, it like... That's why it's interesting. Like, there's no other game that this has had this sort of, like, saga. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yes, it's some games have released, like, and gotten, like, patched, you know, or some bugs fixed or whatever. But, like, all of this. It's like, crazy yeah. to think because, yeah, it's like, you know, I, I try to give Nice America the benefit of the doubt in here because I do like some of their games, of course, because I've reviewed it and shown as such. But it if, the, if this is the kind of effort they're going to put into it, I'm concerned. Uh, and... As anyone who is somewhat interested in the Falcom game should be, I'm not saying like it's it's, it's like a done deal and Falcom's going to turn away from them to localize their other games. I still feel pretty strongly that they're going to rely on them uh, to bring over any other games, like even going forward, because Nice America is like a whole another level when it comes to marketing budget, developmental budget, uh, mm-hmm. international re- uh, re- reach compared to a company like Exceed, of course, which is a lot smaller. So it's still definitely doable. I don't know if it means that they're going to be asking for more outside help because we talked about this before, too, that they're going to turn to a third party uh, to help them uh, do anything else going forward. So maybe they'll be the ones to finally get this right. You mean for the port? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the, that was for the PC port. Yeah, for the PC and... port. But they might do another pass on it even then. So we'll see if they're actually, if it's, they may yeah. not have a, like, a localization person on there. Anyways, Anyways. let's go to the next topic. Yeah. I am sick of this topic. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about Let's go to another topic that we've talked about before. But this is kind of interesting. Uh, Yakuza 6. Um, now, that was originally scheduled for, I believe, March 20th, um, somewhere around there. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, Kyle, of course, you, you would know more about this since you're more into Yakuza than even I am. Uh, because you've been playing the game so uh but <laughs> i still feel bad i played yakuza zero in any case uh yeah it, it was actually it was kind of weird because this is a game that was coming out in a sort of 
I wouldn't say dead period, but there's not a whole lot coming out in March compared to last mm-hmm. year for sure. Well, Nino Kuni, at least for our purposes, is yeah, probably the but biggest that's... March. It was Yakuza and Nino Kuni were like the biggest March releases for for our purposes yeah. as yeah. RPG site. Um, oh, but man, I'm like, so, I'm still excited about Nino Kuni too, guys. It's yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a month and a half away. Uh, but yeah, uh, just to break it down, it's been delayed to April seventeenth. Which is kind of also kind of scary because that's also like around the same time God of War is coming out, so they have got some competition for people's I think, wallets. So uh, and don't forget Nintendo my... Labo. <laughs> oh, that's true. And that's true. My, I mean, no, let's be my... true. That's like that. Like thing. That's kind of neat. So yeah. I think that I think they'll be fine. Yakuza is one of those series that uh, I think the, there's like a new found appreciation for it or not appreciation but like there's like a new wave of fans that that's all they're interested in totally is y- yakuza 6 and it would i mean with yakuza 0 and kiwami coming out last year and i think um i think it'll be fine uh, i hope that they they the delay is worth it i'm sure it will be yeah but um no I, I none of the from what, what i understand I was going to wonder, like, what could a month mean? Like, is it just, like, some minor changes, some bug fixes? Just or... a little bit, some some polish. I mean, yeah. you see, you see like, how sometimes, like, Monster Hunter World has gotten several patches after its release. So the kind of the, the ideal here is that they can do some of those types of things yeah, maybe within, of, that, so within that, so within that delay period before they something. release it. Yeah. yeah. It's I like mean, you know, obviously this game months, is so, yeah. obviously unlike Monster Hunter World. This game is already released in some version rather than being worldwide. Yeah, but you I have to I, make sure that Virtual Fighter Five is balanced more. Before I forget, it's worth mentioning that the English release, like Yakuza Five, did release in English eventually uh, on PS3 digital only. Um, that was after a long delay. Yes. Um, and I mean, Yakuza <laughs> 6 is already like a year and a half old in Japan or whatever. Um, a year and a few months. It, it came out in uh, December 2016, I yeah. believe. I still okay. remember that E3 conference where they but anyways, announced Yakuza 5 people went crazy. Yeah. But anyway, Sega of America is including in the localization. Uh, I, I, I may get this kind of wrong, but it's uh, a sort of like primer for, hey, you played Yakuza uh kiwami and yakuza zero well here is a primer of everything that's happened in between then and now in yakuza yeah, thank you. and yeah. obviously that's not going to be there's that, that that can't possibly be the same experience as playing the game for yourself but it's nice that they're doing something to you know at least try to bridge that gap a little bit so you know people are yeah. you know what's lost. funny about this uh it's just it, it reminds me so much when persona Five got delayed from February fourteenth to April. Was it fourth or sixth or something like that? Yeah, it's yeah. that they threw in the Japanese um, dub option. So it's like they're they're good about giving at least these handouts, like the, the whole like Sega and Atlas. At least they give them that. Yeah, they. I I I'm not one that like I started with zero and I'm and I don't even own a PS3 anymore. So I doubt, <laughs> I I doubt I'm ever gonna go back to you know three foot. Yeah. Five. I've been wait. I've been waiting for a PS Now or some other way to play three through five. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it, there's no. Anyway. I might I might watch like a Let's Play or something. <laughs> Kiwami I'm probably, four. Kiwami five. I'm probably not going to get six actually right when it comes out. To be honest, um, no, I don't think I have uh, to. It's Dino Kuni two, baby. Right? You're I mean, gonna, you oh, just played you played through just two Yakuza games last year, and even if you really liked them, it's you know. Yeah, that was that was kind having of, that's a break. Kind, yeah, that was kind of my thoughts because all these games are pretty long. Um, mm-hmm. like I put like nine, I put like eighty hours into zero, and yeah, I think five like, is about. I put about sixty hours, so yeah, you probably. <laughs> you're I put, gonna have to win it. I put forty into Kiwami as well, so I'm just kind of like, 
Yeah, I kind of, I don't know if I want to start another one of these just yet. And from what I understand, like there's a whole bunch of events that happen in five, especially that directly affect what's happening in six. So I can't, I don't really want to just jump right into it. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Well, yeah. So that's that's kind of the uh, the beginning and end of it. It's been delayed by a few weeks. Uh, of course, we'll still have plenty of coverage of that game uh, as we get closer to that. Uh, but clearly, if they needed to delay it, it was for a reason. So uh, looking forward to seeing what they were able to do in that span of time. But if it means we get that primer, I'm actually kind of curious about that. Um, we'll hear more about it. I'm sure Cosmo looks forward to playing that as well. So the next piece of news we've got is actually kind of fascinating because we were just talking about Mont Center. Uh, Mont Center World is, turns out to be the most successful entry in the series. I mean, it already looked like it was the most approachable uh, in the way that they were trying to get people to get into it and showing up. Uh, they were doing the betas, of course, the tutorials, uh, all that, uh, all the gameplay footage they were putting out. So according to this, um, I kind of typed this down. I don't remember if this is actually factual. They, <laughs> which is great way to set this up. But apparently, uh, it's they they uh, they've already passed five million shipped worldwide, which mm-hmm. is, and I think it was just over a million in Japan alone, which is insane because this is a game that's not even like a week old, uh, or just a, obviously it just became a week, just passed a week old, but so, it sold so much uh, in that. Uh, and shipments, of course, doesn't mean sell through, but it's it's apparently. I mean, that should be really shipments. Close. Shipments means that retailers ask for it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. sell through, but it apparently it's still in the millions, uh, regardless. So it's still a massive number compared to when you know, like in, in the in North America, like it sold like very little. Maybe. It's and th- this is only two versions too. It's only the P or the, yeah. the PS4 and Xbox. It's gonna be on PC later. So one 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 thing I want to say just just as a primer is I just want to say that all those people that really like the Nintendo 3DS that were like Monster Hunter will never sell. <laughs> oh, I wonder who you're consoles. talking. About. Oh, I, they 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 were so vindicated with this. I mean, it's looking like it might be the most successful cap, get, game Capcom's ever released. But they were it's, so it right. Yeah. It's sold to see Fire they, Fire they, Arcade Edition, apparently. I, so. Honestly, there was a lot of pu- there was a lot of pushback. I remember from yeah, Monster Hunter fans. Like, if you make it more accessible, then it ruins the game. Yeah. But wait, he, he, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the kind of accessibility that that's great. Um, holding a controller that doesn't make your hand cramp up is of course <laughs> the claw. Yeah, yeah, we talked yeah. about yeah. that last week. It's a yeah, like. Cell. Yeah, and it's just oh, I just I love seeing those people squirm. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, beyond it's that too, good. of course, it's it's. I know Kyle likes to like see people burn, but uh, yeah. it's, it's, we all have our own uh, kings. Like king uh, but it's <laughs> it's great. It's great because obviously it means so much to this series, and that you know the promises they also made before this came out. You know, who will have to hold it to them if they're going to keep them? Like you know, no loot crates. They're going to put out free monsters and, uh, updates and stuff like that. More content is to come and that's great obviously they'll have some paid dlc they already do but um I, i'm i'm excited about it it we all always talked about how great it looks uh and everyone how fun it is. is anyone here playing it yes any of us i'm playing it oh, yeah. i haven't played it for a while because i've been busy doing other stuff but i want to get back to it I, i'm gonna wait for the pc one but uh God, it looks so fucking good. I wish it I could is, play it. It's incredible. It, it's it's great. It looks great. Like I said, uh, I did mention last week that I was still kind of into Tokiden because it's more story driven, which I love. Uh, and obviously, as an RPG fan, but um, 
it's it's still so well put together, so polished in many respects. Uh, you know, there's definitely some ways that uh, people are complaining about as far as like the multiplayer stuff, about you know having to go through quests and completing cutscenes and all that. Like I said, we talked all about this last week, so if people want to learn more about that. Definitely do listen to that discussion because James was on, who's our resident uh, Monster Hunter expert, uh, and he did the review, of course, and all that. We've got so many guides on the site now; it's insane how many guides we have now. Uh, mm. So if you want to get really in depth on it, but yeah, I want to make I, I want to make one small mention. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, so I'm a bit of a I'm a, I'm a bit old school dinosaur here, and I have cable TV, <laughs> and I I have had I have a habit of just leaving my TV Not on. These modern dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, what I'm getting at is I, I sometimes I'll just leave my TV on. It's like white noise, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. It's like I don't really watch it, but I you know pay attention yeah. at times. And I just wanted to mention Not that like noise. Monster Hunter World has gotten a lot of marketing. Like it's yes. the type of thing where I've noticed it, and it's like this isn't the type of series you normally expect to see. It's not like Call of Duty or or Halo or whatever. And it's so like basically Capcom was going all out here, yeah. um, and you know it seems to have been pretty successful. So pretty good reason. Um, so I just wanted to mention that like they. I think they kind of always saw like potential in Monster Hunter, and then this is where they kind of decided, you know what, let's actually like go for it, and they went for it. That's because Monster Monster Hunter has always been that it's like I remember someone described it as this. This is like Grand uh, Japan's Grand Theft Auto, right? Like in terms of popularity, Mm -hmm. like it's super popular in Japan. Like I'm asking. No, I, I I know like especially like you 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 kind of disparage the handheld stuff, but like the Monster Hunter has been very very successful in Japan, yeah, including the handhelds and obviously their their uh, commuter culture or their you know yeah it's it's a pop culture, culture phenomenon. It, it's basically like Dragon. Well, I mean, I, they're they're you know everybody in Japan drives or rides the train basically, or at least in the cities, obviously. Most so, of them do, yeah. but it's you know I, I kind of I, I think I think the fact that the Monster Hunter series has been successful, but also like this combined, you know, desire for it to be on a console because it hasn't been on a console in a while. Like, what was the last one? Like, well, let's PS2, let's be clear. Monster yeah, Hunter it's Monster Hunter Frontier is actually an online game that's all, like, even on the 360. So that it's been on there, but only online only and only Japan. That's that's important distinction. Well, like, what was the last Monster Hunter game on console? Was Two. there one on the Wii? First one? It was Wii. Yeah, the Wii. Oh yeah, that. The well, there's there was Monster Hunter Try on Wii, but there was there a Monster yeah, Hunter yeah, game on yeah, that one? Wii U, yeah. That one got ported to Wii U, yeah. Oh, okay. Basically, like, so yeah, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to say I'm not HD. like the only reason. Like, I don't think it's bad that it was on handhelds. It's just like all the people that were like, oh, yeah. Like, no, I, I get what like, you're saying. People who were like, it has to fail because it's not on my. Yeah, board. it's, it's, like, it's important on. to uh, it's important to make the argument that it feels like the Vita failed uh, because a Monster Hunter wasn't on there. Because on the PSP, because it was on there, it, it like multiple versions. Wasn't it? It was a huge seller on there. It sold millions. It was insane I, how much it did. wasn't. Wasn't Monster Hunter such a big deal that despite the fact that the 3DS had such amazing games that in Japan the PSP was like trouncing the the, the not the 3DS the, the DS the, yes right because was. Monster Hunter was a big contributor to that yeah, yeah. you're talking about yeah. there was it was shifting units it was literally a system seller for them that's that's how important it was and it feels like because you're talking about the market is that it feels like Sony totally understands that and so because if you if I'm not mistaken they own the marketing uh, they they paid for the marketing rights for that game because they you know they put it even like the special edition PS4 and all that stuff uh, it's that they're the ones pumping all that money into doing it on the on the commercial and and you know in trailers and things like that that people can find all over the internet a lot of the ads and such like that so clearly they fully understand that and it's definitely showing that that's they're getting a big return from that so that investment was definitely uh 
definitely worth Japan. it. Capcom, in a sense, yeah. I think kind of Capcom kind of like in a sense needed it too oh, because they, they had <laughs> they, they had been reliant on Resident Evil and better. Resident Evil Seven seems to be more in line. Kyle can attest to this with what like the 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 diehard Resident Evil fan base wants, but it yeah. it is not as well selling. Like maybe yeah, yeah it's it's, it's a little it's like bit more unique. Selling, yeah. It's yeah. just. It's not the week. It's just below five million sold. Now. I mean, it's still like a really, really high selling game, like relative to most games. But like yeah. compared to even just Resident Evil Five and Six, well, even this, if yeah. even if yeah. those games get a lot of crap, like they sold a ton. And I think this kind of they didn't want to have to rely on Resident Evil forever in terms of like their brand. That being the only brand that like is a million seller for them. And so they're like Monster Hunter or something. Like we can make this one of our like we can we can capitalize this more than what we have been do i make yeah. sense yeah. no totally i've totally i've noticed that capcom is doing a lot of stuff with sony these this past couple years like uh where's deep uh, down oh yeah i forgot about that actually <laughs> I, I, I forgot. that game look cool but the but but like an example is like you know resident evil 7 they had the, it's ex- still exclusive to psvr like you can't use any other vr yeah. setup for that game and uh, what was the other thing? Like Street Fighter Five was exclusive to. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there was a PC version, PC but it wasn't and on PS4. console yeah. exclusive. Console yeah, they exclusive. and like you know, there's a lot of rumors that the next Devil May Cry is timed exclusive on uh, on PS4. Um, yeah, they rely on each other, Capcom and Sony for sure. I think I think it, it's kind of good though because I think Capcom Capcom is a lot like Square Enix in the sense that like they have really talented teams, but the pro- for a while now they've the business side is kind of like really hurt the creative side. Like, um, you know, like, like they said at one point that like Resident Evil six was a gigantic loss for them because it was such an expensive, gigantic game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's important if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if they followed through with this, but there was a point when they were about to open themselves up for outside investors to buy the company. Uh, I don't know if they ever crossed that threshold, but there was a real scare there for a moment for them because they have mm-hmm. like this tra- this honor tradition, this heritage, this going back decades, of course, where they never did that. And so I, I it's at least this Moss Hunter world uh, seems like it's going to be able to turn uh, turn the corner for them. Uh, that past games, more recent games, have not been able to do it. And so all the best. Obviously, they they created a high quality product, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how it grows uh, going forward and if they what else they plan for that game. Uh, let's move on to the next piece of news here because uh, I know we haven't really been reporting on this too much, but it was fascinating. It's actually kind of interesting because this is something that James was really wanting <laughs> for the longest time. So uh, we mentioned before, CyberConnect 2 held a little bit of a press event that they were planning on for their anniversary. I forget what, I think it was the 20th anniversary. Um, and they announced three new projects, but there's one in particular that is something that fits within what we want to do. The rest were like action titles. Now this is called Fugue, a Fuge. I forget it's called. It's F U G U E. So it's it's Fugue, I guess, on the battlefield. I think I think, I think it's Fugue. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, so, a, it's a type of melody. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, so I was wondering where that came from, but yeah, it's uh, it's important to point out because it's actually part of the Little Bronx, uh, the Little Tail Bronx series, which people don't know. That's the Tail Concerto and the Solo to Barado. Solo to Oh my gosh, I can't say it. So lot to Robo uh, series, uh, it's games that that they uh, that came out in the past. Until Concerto was on the PS One, So lot to Robo was on the DS. So uh, this is the th- uh, new entry in that series. Um, there's not a whole lot to work with. You can clearly tell right away if you looked at some of the pictures. Though it's got you know it's got animal creatures that you that stand on their two legs and and talk to people. Um, but 
it's uh it's it's a strategy rpg so it's got like even on the on the uh depiction it's like you know there's some giant tanks there's the burman empire which is an evil fascist warrior nation uh, utilizing advanced technology in its weaponry there's 11 children who are the lone survivors of an attack on their village now they head out on a gigantic tank to rescue their families who've been taken as prisoners uh, and you just use like some giant weapons and such so it's it's there's very little details about that but uh i think that's kind of cool uh I'm, I'm pretty fascinated about that apparently it's a trilogy uh, it's called the trilogy of vengeance which is a hell of a name and uh it's going to be actually planned for a worldwide release uh for playstation 4 xbox one switch and pc so yeah it's it's great uh, that they already are planning on something so big and it's it's got all of us in mind and so uh we'll have to report this on the site right away uh I'll be doing that actually after this probably, but they they also got like enemy projects planned for it as well. So like it's this huge initiative that they want to work on, and all the best to CyberConnect too because clearly this is their properties. It's not Ben and Emco telling them to do a new, another Naruto game. Thank God, uh, uh, those games look great, but come on. And so it, it's great to see that they're putting the original properties for uh, going forward. So uh, and they look they look cool. So uh, I don't know if any of you guys have any experience with uh, either of those games that I mentioned before, but. Uh, from what I've heard, what James has said, James is apparently a huge fan of it, so uh, he made it be known. But let's actually mention something else. Uh, we've got a couple other other localization announcements slash possibilities. Uh, Metal Max Xeno was announced yes. for the West. So this is yes. a Metal Max uh, is a series that's been around for twenty five years. A long time, yeah. Like it had time. games on. It had All games the on. From, was it on, on the Famicom? Yes, or yeah, it was Famicom. on the NES, the first one. Well, Famicom technically because it was not localized. Most well, of I mean, it, yeah, you know what I meant though. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I, like this is a, a game I had heard of, but I never played it, and I know people like. You know, are fond of it metal yeah. saga so yes. like metal max and metal saga they're kind of like the same series but they're kind of like two different sub series i guess yeah, within this series right. and metal saga was a ps2 game it was localized by atlas actually atlas usa <laughs> Speaking of atlas, um yeah. uh, um and that's it was that metal saga is something like the actually like the fifth or sixth game in the series yeah, or something yeah. and it's the only one that's been localized so Metal Max Xeno, more games are localized now than ever, it feels like, but it wasn't, you know, a guarantee that it was going to be. Um, but now it wasn't a, it wasn't one of the, uh, the, the localization publishers that announced it. Katakawa, who's actually the developer um, or the publisher in Japan, actually, uh, basically announced that they're going to be releasing it worldwide uh, from, yeah, it the from Japan. Game. And... My it seems to me that in my judgment, Nice America is probably going to be the one localizing because they've localized like every other Katakawa published game. So um, that's my guess. Maybe not, but and it seems like something they would do. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it, what it is. It's a uh, it's like a. So I'm not I'm not really familiar with the series. I just know I this. played uh, I played a little bit of Metal Saga, so I can talk on this. Well, but... it's like a post-apocalyptic turn-based yeah, yeah. RPG. It's it's like traditional style. Like yeah. you have your characters standing in a row, you pick from a menu what they're gonna do and all that. But there's also like this sort of like tank battle comp- component of it. Yeah, you start, I don't know exactly you start off, that like, was, you start off but... on foot, but when you find your first tank, it becomes this entirely different game where like. Suddenly, like the normal enemies that were like giving you trouble before can't do with like even a single point of damage on your tank, and so then you have to find like uh, 
So then it's like other tanks you have to watch out for, not just regular creatures. And then, like, this whole story is like, at least in Metal Saga and when I play a little bit of Metal Max Returns, which is like the Super Nintendo, uh, Super Famicom uh, port of the original. Uh, but it becomes just like an open, uh, it's like non-linear progression of the story. It's like, it doesn't tell you where to go. It only like gives you vague hints, kind of like in like uh, Saga Frontier or stuff. But uh, like, at least in Metal Saga, like you, you just do whatever you want, find other tanks, find other characters that could join you. And like, you have this, uh, you have to take care of your tank. You have to upgrade it. You have to make sure that it gets enough fuel and enough ammunition and all these parts and stuff. And at least if, if it's anything like Metal Saga, I think this will be a great game for today's audience. I think all the games are kind of like that, too. Like, yeah, yeah. Metal Max, the reason it sounds so familiar to Mad Max is because it was basically that. It was like the original yeah, designs yeah. were very much in line with, like, a big desert. Uh, with... Now, someone may be more familiar than me. Like, is it actually, like, inspired off, of, like, the original Mad Max? Yeah. Or no? Yeah, it's like okay. a, yeah, kind yeah. of a similar style to uh, look to it. Uh, even, like, the box art looks like a Mad Max movie poster yeah. kind of thing. I'm not going to say, of course, it's like a... Uh, uh, like a um, based on Mad Max or something like well, that. Yeah, so like, highly yeah. inspired, yeah. But it's, it's got like a lot of that. Yeah. And all that stuff. It's yeah, definitely got I'm, some of the elements sure. that Adam was talking about uh, in all yeah. the games. Uh, but obviously Metal Saga, people... Yeah, that's the only entry in the series that actually got an English translation or localization. Yeah, I've only there. played Metal Max Returns because it was fan translated. It's like yeah. they've yeah, they gone back and done some uh, fan translations. But yeah, the only one that's been released over here officially... And localized its middle saga. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a fun game. Sadly, it's not on the PS2 on PS4 platform, but uh, you know this will be people's chance to finally get uh, sort of experience with this with this entire series. Kind of reminds me like yeah. when Glory of Heracles came out on the DS. That was like the first game that's been around since like the Famicom days. That was the only first time we ever got it. Uh, and and, and it was and it was apparently terrible. Uh, it was it yeah. was it was one of the weaker entries. It's crazy because like uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think it was that one, but one of the early entries was written by the person who wrote Final Fantasy VII. Like there's uh, that, that, was, that was Glory of Heracles three. Three, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I figured as much. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it wasn't that great. It was also very difficult. Uh, but you know that was like their first chance. I think that might have been Atlas as well, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, uh I- Maybe, maybe. Huh. Uh, yeah, that's... it was more like that. Uh, the Metal Saga. Why it was called that? Like I'm reading up on it a little bit, but I just wanted to say that it was called that because there was trademark issues with uh, Interbrain, and so like it was like bankruptcy of Data East, and it was like the games were made with Data East and Createch, and they uh, since like that's why they can call now. They can now call like Metal Max again, and that's probably why you'll see it more often. Like you never see another Metal Saga. Like there was a sequel to Metal Saga. For the DS, but it was never come out here. But yeah, I'm I'm sure if you ever see Metal Max again, you won't see it under the Metal Saga name. Wasn't, so, it, wasn't it called like MS Saga or something like that in Japan? That was the Mobile Suit Saga game. Oh, sorry. sometimes yeah. you get those. Sometimes you get those weird name <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, totally unrelated, but like the Attack on Titan games. Oh, they can't, yeah. in Europe, in, in America, they can apparently call them Attack on Titan, but yeah, in Europe, they have to call them AOT. Yeah. That's like, it's okay. so bizarre, and, that, and that's actually that's another March game, by the way. I should point out, so that's actually something else to yeah. look forward to. Um, but yeah, that's apparently Metamax Xeno uh, was announced for the West. Did they give a date at all? No, they, this was it was kind yeah. of like it was kind of like wrapped up in in a normal Japanese like media release. Like, oh, here's, right. here's a new tank, here's a new character, and also we're going to release it worldwide. Like, oh, I was, yeah, I, but at least cool. in but at least in Japan, it's coming out April nineteenth, so we'll see it. Now, usually you don't get then. localization announcements this quickly, yeah. but sometimes yeah. you do with with Katakawa stuff. Um, 
like for example god wars like released um like they had announced the localization for that well before it was released in japan and it only released it in america that was another katakawa game which is why i bring it up yeah that they were like only a couple of months later um so I would say it's likely that like Nice America will announce this at, their pre- at this press event, you know. That's right. So, we're we're going to mention it later, but yeah, Nice America has the press event coming up uh, next week. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, on Thursday, James is going to be there. It's in San Francisco, so we'll have news from that. But that seems like yeah, one of those very likely uh, announcements that they'll be the ones handling the uh, localization for that because they've helped Katakawa in the past with like that. Uh, and, this, uh, this is a PS4 and PS Vita game, by yeah. the way. Just to mention, good, good to <laughs> I don't know if we out. said that. Good to point out. Yeah, I wonder. Vita version will be any good. Um, yeah, still got stuff on Vita. Yes. Uh, and moving on to another localization possibility, I guess, because it's still not clear, but this seems like a given. So, Shining Resonance uh, Refrain, which is the remaster of Shining Resonance, which was a very late PS3 era uh, Shining Force game, pretty much. Uh, obviously, this was like this is a game that came well after they uh, did a fork in the path and decided no more cool strategy RPG games like the original Shining Force series. We're going to go in the straight-up action RPG, or in this case, turn-based RPG direction. Um, That was rated in Australia. So, obviously that doesn't tell us a whole lot. It just means that it's going to be coming out in English. Yeah, uh, well, so when the original Shining Resonance released, that was either, like, right around or right after when, like, Sega uh, acquired Atlas. Yes. Um, that was 2014, ever, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, so it was like right around then, and uh, or shortly afterwards. But um, since then, and uh, Atlas USA actually basically straight up said this, is basically they have the means to localize more Sega games, which is why we've gotten stuff like Seventh Dragon 3, but when the first two weren't localized, or the first three Seven weren't Dragon localized. Like, like Code V3, whatever. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, it was, it was Seventh Dragon 3, but it was the fourth game, because, you know, Japan. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the Utawara Mono games, um, if I pronounce that anywhere close to correctly. You got it right, yeah. Yeah, so, like... Anyways, those these games are localized, and Yakuza, of course, that's a little bit of a bigger title, obviously. Basically, Sega is able to localize more of these games now because they have acquired Atlas and have the staff at Atlas USA and the means to uh, not just to localize, but to actually distribute these games because Atlas actually does a lot of that for a lot of these niche companies, like uh, even for like Idea Factory. But anyway, basically, when this remaster was announced, they're in better position to localize it than when it was first released on PS3. Um, I, I, I could definitely see it getting like a, a Japanese voice only release, kind of like the Utawara Mano games. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's so people who don't know, Shining Force, ref- uh, excuse me, Shining Resonance Refrain. So once again, it is a remaster of the PS3 release for the PlayStation 4 exclusively. And the content, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's things like you know some new content, better graphics, uh, all the DLC. Uh, like. Yeah, there is a couple of so I, I'm certainly no expert on this game, but there's a couple of characters. <laughs> oh, why aren't you? We hired I mean, you. I covered the original, so like uh, when it was released or releasing in Japan, but there are a couple of characters that I think were either not available in the original game or like only available like at, like after like a long side quest or or like yeah. New Game Plus or something. Basically, like there's a couple of characters that are now like available more readily or something, or, or they might be new altogether. So you know stuff like that. Yeah, I was kind of bummed out because uh, like a year or two ago, there was somebody on YouTube that actually had uploaded a bunch of videos for the game, uh, like a playthrough with English subtitles, of course, because it wasn't in English. Yeah. So, but they suddenly took their 
channel down and so i was bummed out because i was in the middle of watching it i couldn't see it so this news is exciting and you know the fact that if it's going to get a western release means the shining series has room to be you know relevant again and i think that's really key because we have missed out on so many games like gosh i can't remember like the last shining game that came out in the west but like the ps2 i know shining soul like the first one did and all this stuff it's it's been so long and i actually haven't played any Oh, you should. You. I have Shining Force. I have Shining Force. I know Shining Force. I, like everything I know about it, I'm pretty sure I would love it. Yes. The first two Shining Force games. I have those on Virtual Console. Um. So like, you I could play them. Play them. Yeah, yeah. I would. I want. I want and, and, and from what I know, they're not even like they're not even like long games or anything. So no. you can just. No, so most games. I just need to get game. around to them. Yeah. yeah. I think the last game we saw was probably Shining Arc. Yeah. Wait, that's what Japan only. Wait. Yeah. Was it Shining? Uh, there was a Shining Soul and Shining Force Exa. Oh yeah, that was it. Shining Force uh, Exa, which was when they turned the page and decided not to do strategy games anymore. It was like that was well, the they, straight up like anime. They had this like good. base building kind of function where like you had this geo whatever it's called. Uh, uh, you just call it geo fortress. That's what it was. You would, like you. Uh, I played a little bit of it, and it was all about like you have the like you have to like defend the fortress, but at the same time, the fortress itself offers a bunch of different functions on its own. Yeah, yeah, so but Shining yeah. Resonance is nothing like that. It's no, like no. turn-based. Well, why not? Yeah, no, it's it's a turn-based RPG. It looks cool. It's got like a lot of like musical. Uh, yeah, it's got a music elements. kind of motif. It's kind of like yeah. Sonata, yeah, like that kind of stuff. But uh, it looks neat. Uh, I like the music. I remember that part. Uh, but hopefully, we hear about that soon. Uh, and so we've got a couple more news pieces here, though. Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition, they finally announced that was going to be coming out on February 9th, which is in six days from this, so next Friday. Um, is anybody here interested in this? It's the chibi-fied Final Fantasy XV that's like a, a kind of truncated the story to make it more accessible, I guess. The problem with <laughs> that is that it's an iPhone. Uh, an iPhone phone game and i don't think any of us have an iphone well, i think it's also android it's too. android we only we, just, uh, we only okay. had access to the iphone one yeah anyway. yeah it's also on pc if i'm not mistaken right am i, I still I still haven't played 15 at all so no. you're you're gonna wait you're gonna play the pc version i love it personally would no. be playing it actually no the <laughs> honestly the, <laughs> honest, the pc version first of all i'm just not interested and yeah. oh okay second that's, second of all that. it's like it's like 190 gig download, like literally. Oh, that's um, right. It's all the it, DLC. It I does look like the choose. PC version of Final Fantasy 15 because they got like Nvidia to like help them directly with the it's, Ansel. Yeah. Yeah. It's it looks like it's going to be really good. But the thing is, is like Final Fantasy 15. I didn't hate Final Fantasy 15, but it's just like, man, I have no desire to play that again anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, at least it's like yeah, they put out the uh, we should we actually didn't put this in the news, but yeah, they just put out a, a new update and they put out the benchmark tool for people who want to see if their computer can run Final Fantasy 15 on PC. But you know, this Pocket Edition actually, I'm kind of curious about it. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's going to come out in episodes uh, with the first one oh, being free. It's it's in episodes, but they're releasing all at the same time. Oh. Okay, so well, like, it's still not DLC a staggered release. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, it's like Netflix. Kind the, of. Uh, yeah, it's a bunch of one big push. I'm still so salty that Square Enix will give this game this gargantuan PC version, but they won't patch Nier Automata on PC still. Yeah, that's kind of uh, fucked, right? It's, yeah, I played but, it and I yeah. was like, wow, this is still not patched. I'm still running into like bugs and things like that. But yeah, I as mean, mentioned before, like you have to download all the extra stuff for Final Fantasy 15, so it's not even that great. I yeah, guess, like yeah, sorry, uh, so really, to be honest, like 
I probably like it's it's pretty obvious that any Square Enix game, like except maybe Kingdom Hearts, is going to get a PC release, and who yeah. knows, Kingdom Hearts might eventually too. Yeah, um, just came out. Yeah, it's so like if tactics. you're a PC player, Please, there's a reason God, to wait. Yeah, God, yeah. okay. I will. I will. I will uh, amuse your your uh, segue there. Final Fantasy Tactics, the best version of the game are the, is the mobile version, but they should really just port that to Steam. Come on. Oh, my God. Do yes. it. Oh, my <laughs> they, God. They, they like porting mobile games. To yeah, it's, it's, got the, it's got higher resolution. Yeah, it's got yeah. higher resolution sprites, and they're not like the Final Fantasy V and VI sprites. It's got the War of the Lions content from the PSP version without What's the, the slowdown. Oh, it's uh, good. It's good. So I, it's, I keep it's, thinking about buying it, but I keep holding out for the PC release. That's I, uh, I'm still a Final Fantasy newbie in the sense that i've only beaten like three of them like i've played tons of 14 but uh i remember one night just not uh maybe like a couple months ago i was in discord with some friends and they were taught that i played 14 with and they were telling me all about because like it was they have an evil ace storyline going on in uh, 14 right now and (laughs) i was talking about um what's uh, evil ace and yeah, what is the evil of Final Fantasy Tactics? Yeah. And then there were people were explaining what's special about Tactics in general. And then I looked it up and I'm like, wow, this looks really cool. I it's wish I could play really this. Cool. You would actually, I think you would actually really appreciate it too, because it's got maybe like, the advanced version more. But yeah, it's got it's it's an it's a fascinating story about you know it's it's very political. Uh, of course, it's got like a lot of. A lot of backstabbing. A lot of backstabbing. It's it's actually yeah. kind of crazy. Uh, well, and you know, really deep. I mean, like you played fourteen so much. It's like it's a lot of the jobs are from that game too. So my, yeah, uh, it, who's the the tactics twelve Matsuno? Is that his yeah, name? Matsuno. Yeah, Matsuno. Yeah, Matsuno. Yeah, he yeah. uh he seems to really like the kind of like a song of ice and fire grand fantasy the intrigue that's yeah yeah very yeah. very much into that and sort of like the religious side of it too so it's uh i mean i would highly recommend it it's actually kind of interesting that i i just read up that you know that unsung story everyone forgot which is yeah. the game that uh for kickstarter that was it's been dead for like four years now uh little orbit i just made an update that they were able to meet Gesumi matsuno in person and finally get like a lot of the design documents out of the way little orbits the people who took over that project and they seem to be doing such a great job and uh doing like this goodwill tour kind of thing where they're like now that we've taken over apology so tour people, like, yeah a bit of an apology <laughs> they have to tour apologize well. for somebody else like yeah, they yeah. screwed up we are going well that's to kind deliver. of like what happened what the real apology tour was like too so well they, they don't they didn't get any of the money they a lot of the documents were unfinished they couldn't use any of the assets apparently uh akiko yoshida won't be able to help them with this, which he was, he's the artist of Final Fantasy 14, but, uh, and a lot of the other Final Fantasy games, but like, sure. he won't be assisting on this apparently because he's busy with other stuff. But, you know, they've got him, apparently, Hitoshi Sakimoto will be helping compose an hours worth of music for that game. So, Unsung Story is turning its corner as well. Uh, but I, I just mentioned all that because it's, it's, Ivelisse is a fascinating thing. Yasumi Mitsuno is a great guy, and I'm excited to see what else they can do with that. But I, the reason I also bring this up is that the reason I'm kind of interested in Final Fantasy 15 on PC is the the fact that it's got mod support. And it, the idea of putting like all these characters, like maybe someone will find out a way to rip the assets from Dissidia Final Fantasy NT and put that in the game, like with Ramza you know that, or Vivi. You or know that they're just going to put Pop Team Epic in there right away, right? Oh, totally. I mean, that's what's going on right now with Skyrim. But yeah, yeah. it's... it's um. <laughs> I mean, if there's anything about it that'll be interesting is the mods. You know, if, if that's that's what that's what will convince me to buy that game. Let me, let me finish up my thought from earlier. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, um, so, like, it's it's no surprise that games these days, like when they release, most games they're not done. 
you're going to get more stuff afterwards, <laughs> whether it's DLC or patches or whatever. So but Final Fantasy 15 kind of took that to an extreme yeah, on PS4. <laughs> and it's it's just so silly to think about, like, the Royal Edition coming up, which releases on the same day as the PC version. It's it's basically the, the PS4 version, like, Game of the Year type edition. Yeah. Like... You get apparently it comes with a disc of the game, but it's 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 the same disc that yeah. came with the game, you know, last year or two years ago, 2016. And um, <laughs> yeah, I know it's been that long. Yeah, but um, and then you have to download like all the updates and all the oh, DLC. Yeah. Like it, it includes the DLC. It includes new downloadable stuff, like like first person mode and. Like uh, the the final area in the game is like expanded, so you can explore it more. So it includes new stuff, but it's not still not done. They still have like a whole like like they still have more episode character episodes they're wanting to do, like episode Arden and whatever. And I think they've heavily hinted episode Luna, and it's just kind of like it's almost like like I don't want to say like it's beta games. Good games do this, but Final Fantasy 15 took it to such a weird extreme on like how much stuff they've added. That it's just kind of like it's like an MMO. It's almost like they it's like they took thirteen and then took it to heart that people wanted all this extra content and just like they've gone overboard. I think it's this is another instance where like in thirteen they just had the graphic art uh, they had the artists go overboard and now they're just trying to find ways to plug it in there. It uh, it feels <laughs> like they it kind of feels like they they just want this game to be like a jack of all trades. Yeah, um, it's the like mainstream still... game, of course it is. Yeah. Final but, Fantasy but... fifteen tactics. But like, why? Like, I still am struggling to understand why that game has a multiplayer component. <laughs> I actually forgot it. it had actually, multiplayer. I, I don't know. I mean, I see some footage. Actually, oh, okay, this is maybe not what you guys think, but like, I, I actually it looks kind of neat. <laughs> I've seen people. I mean, play apparently it's it kind of weird. Yeah. Or kinda, I've heard. I've heard, like, it, I've heard it's all right. Yeah, but like, it's like, okay, so for example, White Knight Chronicles it just had its anniversary. The game sucked. <laughs> multiplayer apparently was like pretty cool. That's why I'm like I'm kind of interested in that. That's why. The, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'll play it at some point, but like I have so many of the other ones that I haven't played, like to the six Steam or Summer 12, Sale or but, and God, I, I, you know a game needs a remake, and I know it's been remade a couple times, but 6 needs a definitive version. That's true. Um, uh, I think like, everyone's been begging for that stuff. Do, would you want it, it's just, uh, I want to wrap this up a little bit because we're going on this for a bit. Um, do you want it remade as far as like Final Fantasy 4 complete on PSP, or do you want it to be remade like the Final Fantasy 3 3D mm-hmm. version? I think... Uh, or Final Fantasy IV 3D version. Well, go ahead. Well, you've never played six, have you, Kyle? Nope. <laughs> so, I, I'm going to say... most of them, I guess, from what yeah, says. Like, mm-hmm. the, I think I think a lot of people would probably agree that the best version of Final Fantasy VI, like, overall, is probably the Game Boy Advance version yeah. if you fix the music. Yeah. Like, if you yeah, play, if it, you put, like, there's, like, if you play it in an emulator yeah. and, like, in you insert the... Uh, the, yeah. the SNES music, That's... but like you probably can't like just port that version directly to Steam. Um, oh, they've done. But it. like, if they could maybe like do like I don't know like a Project Octopath thing where they have like HD like 2D sprites, but they have oh, to look better be than the so mobile cool. sprites. Oh, that would be so cool. But it's not. I don't know if it's, it's possible. But I want. I want to know Kyle's answer. I want to know sprites. That's what I'm saying. I want to know Kyle's answer to that because I don't know. Actually, okay, you've only seen uh, images. You haven't played those games. But yeah. I'm curious what you would prefer. Would it be better for you if it was like 3D or would you want to stick to the 2D sprites? I would like 2D sprites, but I want sure. the I don't want the sprites to look like what like you know five and six like the mobile no, no overshaded the PSP yeah, games the, the PSP games did the best sprite work. I know some ball. people I don't agree. like the PSP look for Final Fantasy IV, but I like it. I think it's a good mix I between think it's like awesome. I love it. Well, four 
before the PSP did use the same kind of 3D style that the others did, but one and two, they went, uh, they took the sprites, they made this, they they upraised them, they made it look great, and but they should have kept going. But the problem was that like the director said, oh, I want to make them more, but then just I guess it never materialized because I guess nobody really was really buying them. Yeah, I, I think the connection is that uh, the GBA sprites are basically from the Wonder Swan version, which is what yeah. they fixed up from the summer stuff, at least with like the Donna Souls games, because one and two came out on, <laughs> on the Wonder Swan color, color, excuse me, um, with like ridiculously expensive special editions on the Wonder Swan. But anyway, <laughs> uh, they put them on uh, the Game Boy Advance, cleaned them up a little bit, and then took them and put them on the PSP after that. So it's like this weird connection, like any one of those versions. To put them on on a Steam release, but that's the thing. Like, if all they did was just port it, would people be satisfied with that? Because there's some people like really like desperate for seeing five or six on PC. There's always going to be like pushback, no yeah. matter what route they go. Like, yeah, like, like I said, like there's nine. people there. There's literally like a 35 page thread on Resetera about Wander's face being a little bit rounded yeah. than it used to be. <laughs> yeah, so like, that. like I people, people. People will be upset. He's just more no matter what. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they change something, people are going to be upset that they changed it. If they don't change something, there's going to be another group of people that are upset that they didn't change it. You well, know, like going back to that, mods. I mean, they they put out mods for like uh, five of uh, the, the smooth and stuff that they put it back to the original design, but slightly better. So there's yeah, there's there was like ways. six. Some people tried to do a uh, sprite mods for six. Like they tried to like inject them back in, like or tried to use different filters and stuff. But I guess people just kind of gave up on that game. It's oh, a lot of work. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, that's uh, that kind of leads us to the last piece of news that we've got here. Then because we're talking about these old-looking games, there's uh, we put out a piece of news yesterday um, from so apparently that it, it, the creative Diablo David Brevik announced a new game that he's working on. Uh, he, he's going to be talking about it for a while now, actually, but we, we just reported on it yesterday. It's called It Lurks Be- uh, It Lurks Below. Let me be clear. Um, so it's it's crazy because this is a game that's made entirely by him, uh, no one else. Uh, even uh, he had some input, he used some assets, but he modified them to the point that they're basically original. Uh, he had a live stream l- last night about this, so I'm picking up a lot of these tips from straight from him. Uh, I think his studio is called a like, Graybeard Studio because now he's just got this massive gray beard. <laughs> it looks kind of awesome. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's a cross between Diablo and Terraria or Minecraft in that style. The that you are. Uh, it's an action and RPG with a lot of construction uh, mechanics in it. So you're gathering materials and building stuff, of course, like before. Uh, but it's also very much loot-driven. So you have a, like a ton of loot to collect and, and in, for weapons and armor and stuff like that. And also like materials, like I said, to build up your own t- uh, places to make them unique. Uh, but the, one of the other interesting things about this, besides the fact that he built it alone, he actually talked about how that he was sick and tired of today's engines, uh, and that they are very much in the way that they have like everything's like all these presets, everything's made mm-hmm. to be easy for the user, that they have barely any uh, uh, ability to modify it uh, to make it work for them. And so he said, "You know what? I'm going to make this my own engine." And he built it from scratch, and he said he built it with assembly. Which he, wow. that's what he used back in Diablo 1. <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the whole thing is built straight from scratch. Uh, I think he even said, like, because he's like an old dude, it's called like the Kamudge engine. Like, so. Oh, I get it. Right? Oh, puns. You. I get yes. the puns. I got uh, it. He loved it. And but so, Diablo loves their puns. Absolutely. So, 
Yeah, for people who don't know, David Brevik made Diablo 1 and 2. Uh, he was the lead programmer. He also was the, the, uh, the project lead on Hellgate London. And he also the helped game. make uh, Gazillion <laughs> Entertainment, which was the people that made Marvel Heroes. So he said mm-hmm. he's taken all this experience from those games that he's worked on in the past, and he's put into this new game. And he also mentioned, of course, that, it, yeah, because he made it all himself, even like the, the music and the sound effects, all by himself. Um, did that he it's talk gonna be, about, did it's he gonna talk be priced, about Marvel uh, Heroes? I'm oh, sorry. What? Did he talk at, at any length about Marvel Heroes while he was on that stream? I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't uh, tune in for all of it. But he go basically said, and... let me finish. Uh, he basically yeah. said that it should be out later this year sometime, and it's going to be priced like an indie game. He's like 15 20 bucks, uh, which, you know, that, that totally fits the, the mold of what he's going for. But mm-hmm. I would recommend checking it out. It actually looks kind of cool. I mean, obviously, it's got the Terraria art style to it, uh, very sprite-based, but that's because he doesn't know anything about art. So he's like, I, 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 that's not <laughs> the rest I could do um, with what I know. Um but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a fascinating project to see someone who's such a, like a legendary game designer. And also, I should point out that this started off as a much bigger project, but then he started to like you know want to scale back a little bit. He's like, you know what? I'll just do it all myself. I don't need all this money. I can just do it. Myself. I don't trust anybody else. I'm just gonna do it myself. <laughs> it, yep. yeah, I think he's got that kind of like attitude, <laughs> that ego. I guess he but, definitely does. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean, I, you have to have it sometimes. Yes. Uh, so, like once again, the studio is called Greybeard Studios. If you check out our post on the RPG site.net, uh, we've got a link to the Twitch channel that he live streamed from. I would highly recommend checking it out. It's kind of enlightening, and he's taking on all these questions from the people. He's got his face cam, so he's able to interact with people directly. Uh, it was fascinating, uh, and. I'm sure Kyle, like being a Diablo fan, I think you'd kind of get a kick out of it too, just hearing I've, stuff from him. I've uh, I remember watching a GDC talk with him where he oh. talked about uh, making the first Diablo, and he one thing that was really interesting is he revealed um, back in the like mid to late '90s, like all of ba- Blizzard's games, and I still do. Um, they used BattleNet, and BattleNet at the time was like this big. It was a pretty big deal because, like, it was like an interconnected network, and you talk to people that play other games, yeah, and like back those. then that wasn't a thing. And it was uh, just like GameSpy or something. Yeah. He 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 revealed that like that version of BattleNet that like Diablo One, StarCraft, and Warcraft Two BattleNet Edition used like all ran on a single computer <laughs> at Blizzard, like oh. one computer, oh, one that whole. Sounds computer. so dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just like, and I just thought like, wow, there's like millions of people playing these games. What did? Yeah, <laughs> like, still to this day. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, he, he founded Blizzard North. Uh, I should also mention, yeah. So it's he's got like this uh, this amazing history. It's, it's also fa- always he, fascinating to hear him talk. He he. Uh, I have to share one other thing. He yeah. shared that at one point he, the studio that Blizzard North had in San Francisco, they lent it out to this one programmer they knew, or he knew that um, at the time he was like. I'm going to come up with this product where you can use your email on the internet. And then, and David thought it sounded like the stupidest thing ever because like everyone has email and it already uses the internet. And like, I think it was the guy left and he sold his, um, this guy was the founder of hotmail and, uh, he sold, he sold it to Microsoft for like a hundred million dollars. And like at the time he, he, um, David, like he offered David like a share of the company and he made he said like i lost out loud like millions upon millions upon millions of dollars because i thought the internet i thought using the email on the internet was stupid at the time oh god <laughs> oh my gosh i mean luckily could he have been another game mule <laughs> yeah yeah has, apparently all those projects so at least he was able to like you know still be profitable but jesus christ that's that's it just goes to show like shows what we know you know uh we never know what the next big thing will be mm-hmm 
But yeah, that's so that's it for the podcast. Um, once again, <clears> uh, uh, you can always check us out on RPGSite.net. Well, right now we've got reviews up for Elix that Brian did. Of course, Kyle's review of Shadow Colossus. We've also got a first look at the Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age PC port I mentioned before. Brian also handled that. Got plenty of other guides as well and things you can check out. Um, also, you can find us on our Twitter account, at RPGSite. On our Facebook page, facebook.com slash RPGSiteNet. On our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash RPGSiteNet. Catch the first video of the Radiata Stories playthrough that Adam's doing. And also a yep. lot more content coming up here pretty soon uh, that you'll be excited to see. Uh, you can always subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app or iTunes. Just search for TetraCast. Sometimes you have to search for TetraCast RPG Site to find it, but it's there. Unless, also, you can find us on our permanent Discord link, discord.me slash RPG Site. Still got that Monster Hunter World channel. People want to uh, talk to each other, uh, maybe group up and, and take on quests together always find us there and lastly uh we'd like to share where you can find us on twitter so where can they find you kyle uh that's at levito on twitter at l-e-v-i-t-0 all right and adam vitali k-i-n-g underscore s-e-d-a all right adam reese at a-m-r-e-e-s-e and lastly you can find me at zach reese so that's it for this february 3rd 2018 edition of the tetracast of course I want to thank uh kyle adam and adam <laughs> to being part of this one <laughs> Uh, once again, uh, we'll but which some, Adam? Uh, both of them. Uh, we got. Uh, I was first. Yes, uh, yeah, Adam oh. one and number two. Uh, yeah. We'll figure this out one day. And um, once again, like I mentioned, like uh, this upcoming week, we'll have uh, James at the Nice America Press event. We'll have coverage for that, so be sure to check that out. And anything else that comes out, we'll talk next week, even about reading the story of perfect chronology. So catch us next week for yet another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone. <laughs>